and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, it's really going to be longer because uh, the people on the audio side are going to be like, what are they talking about? It hasn't been that long because I haven't uploaded in a while either. Right. Well, they'll, they'll wait for those future episodes. But yeah, in between this and the previous episode... You know, yeah, not too bad. a couple weeks. But yeah, that's okay. That's because uh, I needed some time for because I was my schedule had got changed for a little bit. Right. And then and you hated it so much you <laughs> ended up quitting your job. I did not quit the job. I resigned. There is a difference because you hated your schedule. So no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, and it's it wasn't a problem. It, it was just because my partner resigned, oh, and so okay. they needed to push me to the further part of the week because there was no one else for me to work in the beginning part of the week. So right. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm resigning anyways, and this is going to be my last week. So him and me resigned basically a week apart. Wow. Both of us had planned to resign, just didn't tell the other person, <laughs> and they just lost a whole team within two weeks. Poor company. Yeah. Oh, in well. fact, poor company, they never opened his position. Yeah, the, I remember you talking about that last week during our game night. Yeah, his position never opened. Care. Yeah, my position opened when I resigned, but where are they going to put him? <laughs> so, it's like, they, they're not going to put him with someone. They're not trained, so let's see how right. that goes. But eh, it is yeah. what it is. Uh, yeah. I'm working into getting somewhere else. So yeah. there's that. I don't want to talk about it too, too much. We've talked about it before. So if you listen to past podcasts, you might hear an inkling about it. Right. But honestly, other than that, uh, and then, what was it? There was that week, and then you last week couldn't make it because yeah. your son had a school function. Right. Yeah, he had a he had a school concert, um, which, all right, so the question is, do I want to go into the rant here on, <laughs> on the podcast? So... A uh, uh, side note has nothing to do with board games. So if you want, uh, skip ahead. Yeah. But yeah. So I went to a my son's end of year concert, and he's in band. Uh, mind you, hold on real quick. If you notice, like the uh, video side of us, or we pause it and what are doing, is that my oh. wife had to leave and go take care of uh, some friends' dogs because they're on a they're going to Star Wars celebration. Lucky. Uh -huh. So we have our our office open and to our puppy in here. So no. <laughs> there's going to be my quite a few breaks. Yeah, he might he might pop up every once in a while. Yeah. So I went to this concert. Yeah. And and, and everything's going fine at first. You know, I'm excited <laughs> to see my son. You know, I know that he was only a part of like five a five person group, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty small, and it's and they're all percussion percussion. Sorry. And I knew my son. Is the only one who plays the melody and stuff. So he has a pretty important part. Yeah. You know, everybody else is, you know, just standard rhythmic. And um, he plays the, the melody. So I'm sitting there watching all of the bands perform one after the other. And then there, there's a pretty decent sized space to my right. Yeah. Where people can sit and whatnot. And this one lady uh, with her infant, uh, probably about six months to a year, give or take, okay. sits down maybe a foot and a half away from me. I mean, I've heard this story. I know yeah. where this is going. Maybe a foot and a half away from me. And this this baby, you know, at first it's being fine, you know, standard baby stuff, you know, saying goo goo gaga and like like noticing people on the outside uh, going, ah, bah, bah, you know, it's like, it's fine. Totally fine. And it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm used to because I have two kids of my own. So it's like, you know, it's fine. And as the night continued getting going on and on, I kept getting worse because it turns out this baby had the sniffles. And so as the nose started running, so did the coughing. And multiple times throughout the night, I heard, <clears throat> and during that cough, I felt a splash on my arm every single time. 
like just a mist created from this baby's mouth. And it was the most absolutely just terrifyingly disgusting thing. And I and I kept cringing, you know, and this this lady, you know, every once in a while she would try and like cover the cough, but you can't predict it. Not with babies. It makes that that makes no sense. And then uh the baby starts getting uh hungry, so she's feeding the baby food and whatnot, and then after a while this baby starts like dropping its binky onto the stage or not on the stage, but the stands, which are already people are stepping and sitting on super gross. Kept picking it up, plopping it right back in its mouth. No sanitation whatsoever. I think the mom gave up and then it was eating food, sticking its whole hand in, in its mouth as babies do. Once again, don't mind that. But then, so it gets antsy and she sets the baby down to, to kind of like, you know, wander around a little bit. Mind you, I'm a foot and a half away. This baby, like, immediately I beelines it straight over to me and starts leaning on my leg. And this was the obnoxious part because, like, I, I kind of, like, looked over at the woman's like, like, you know, your son's leaning on me, you know. <laughs> like, I'm not its dad. So, you know, kind of. And then it started getting louder. Started coughing more on me. Started getting worse and worse. And, and this is, like, an hour in of me just, like, I'm trying to scoot a little closer to my wife just to get out of the way, you know, out of the crossfire of this baby's cough. And then uh, the baby takes the lid off of one of its bottles and throws it to the next stand down. Like, okay, fine. And she's like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to show how adorable this baby can walk. So sets it down. He's like, go get it. Go get it. And a bunch of people, like, they're all, like, watching this baby because it's in between songs. And the baby just walks over, you know, foot in half, reaches for the bot. For the bottle top and then immediately switches over and grabs just a stained Kleenex napkin. Like, and it was yellow stained. Like, that, I don't want to know why, but it was stained and immediately throws it down on my feet. Like, right where I'm standing. It's like, okay, alright, right in between my feet. Really? Like, I'm, I'm wearing shoes, but... Just, and she was like, oh, oh, silly baby. And then picks up the baby. And, like, cares zero about me. <laughs> Like, at no point did this woman was like, maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe. And, you know, and I can't help it. It's like, you know, I gave the woman the the look that says very clearly, look, I'm not upset at the baby. It's not the baby's choice to be here. <laughs> yeah. Which starts going through my mind. My wife is watching some of it as I'm just like, as I lean over to her and I say, this is why we're not having any more kids. <laughs> like, this is right here. Not because of the baby. But because nobody likes this woman right now. And I don't mean to be judgmental, but everyone within a 50-foot radius hates this person. And will for the next couple of years. So I can't help but think, it's like, well, maybe you should have left the baby home. You know, get a babysitter. Yeah. If you don't have a babysitter, maybe that's a sign, first off. Secondly, if the choice is between taking care of this baby and watching your son perform, well, clearly you're spending so much time with the, the baby... Something neglected anyway. I mean, poor middle school kid. You know, she's just, she doesn't care about the, whoever she showed up for band. She probably did. She was probably like an aunt or something. Like somebody oh, who had nothing to do yeah. with any of this. While everyone is just like watching this travesty. Well, we get back into the car. My wife saw all of this. I start like, I take like half the bottle of hand sanitizer and I'm just, you know, spreading it around. And my wife has spray hand sanitizer and starts spraying my arm and my entire side. Just to de-louse from the baby. <laughs> uh, I mean, and oh the, man. The yellow stained Kleenex. That, it was a yellow stained Kleenex. <laughs> it might not have been. It, it was like a napkin. 
So I'm hoping it was like a drink stain or something. <laughs> like somebody got some lemonade or something and it spilled. Like, just dude. Like, sure, keep telling yourself that. I That's what I'm going to have to. That's how I get sleep at night. <laughs> it was super upsetting, you know. And if you have if you have a baby, fine. I get it. Like, I've, I've gone through that twice. It's one of the hardest, most difficult things to do. But if the baby has the sniffles and you still choose to bring it into, into the world. Especially during like a especially pandemic. Especially during pandemic time right now. It's like, you better believe you're going to get glared at. <laughs> I just happen to be the one getting coughed on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was funny because you were telling us the story at game night the day after. And both, all three of us are just living Yeah, just you're shifted like, away. <laughs> you can leave now. It's fine. Leave right. your games. We'll play them. <laughs> Right. Oh man. No, dude. I felt so dirty after that. I was like, you I don't want to be here anymore. Like, darn it, baby. <laughs> Who needed it? So that was that was my eventful week. I I can't believe. I, I I can't express how much joy I had to miss the podcast to deal with that. <laughs> so that that's what happened last week, and I apologize for all the viewers. Who, who might have, like, flashbacks. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. terrible memories of being coughed on by a baby. It's the <laughs> worst. At least, uh, usually when people get coughed on by babies, it's their own baby. You got coughed on by right. someone else's baby. I got coughed on by some mysterious baby I've never seen before in my life, and I hope to never see again. <laughs> yeah, you probably end up teaching them. Probably. <laughs> but, I mean, jeez. Like, like how can, how can one woman be so oblivious? I mean, I get it. Uh, everybody she has wants to a, support her son. Yeah, by making everyone mad at her by bringing. Well, it's it's kind of the same aspect with people who bring their their infant to the movie theaters. It's like right. loud noises. It's going to make the baby cry. Well, yeah. we, I deserve to go to the movie too. Well, you know. And here's the thing: the baby doesn't know what it's doing yeah. at that moment. So like, don't it's bring like, it to a theater. It's like everybody is not hating on the baby for being a baby. Everybody's yeah. hating on you because we also paid to come to the movie right. theater, or exactly. you went to go watch your middle school son. Right, exactly. There are exceptions, like airplanes. You can't go anywhere. Fine, you can't just up and leave. Obviously, oh, yeah, yeah, you no, fall no. a few thousand feet at least. But you know what I say about babies on the airplane? It's fine. I got headphones. Right, exactly. Don't have headphones in a movie theater. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Or an amusement park. Like, you shouldn't hold on to the baby on the roller coaster. That's dangerous. <laughs> like, why would you endanger your child that way? So I assume this mother would. <laughs> just by my past experience. Anyway, let, let's get off let's the Let's get song. back uh, off... Uh, 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 um, you got me all riled out. up thinking about yeah, gross no. babies. Yeah, and especially since I need to get my head out of the news. Right. Because, yeah, today yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah, today's some terrible news, but... What's not terrible is Pandasaurus games. Yeah, and that's... Wow, where, that is a hard <laughs> Yeah. I'm so sorry, Pandasaurus. Let's, let, let's talk some board games, though, because yes. uh, I, for one, love Pandasaurus. And it is quite amusing to me. When we did our Top 8 debate, very few of their big games made it into the Top 8. Yeah. Now, we should also do uh, explain that we've done a uh, board game breakdown of Pandasaurus before. Yes. And at the time, we've played a few more games since then, mm -hmm. of course. But what I was really surprised by is... The vast majority of games from Pandasaurus I have played, except for like their biggest one. Their biggest one, yeah. That is the That's only why it's not role. on our top eight. That's why. So um, we're going to give you a, a heads up right now. Dinosaur Island, Dinosaur World, neither of those, or the Roaring Right. I've not played a single one of those. Not due to not wanting. It's just, I've. It, it's never been that option. I used to own Dinosaur Island. Um, got rid of it because it didn't get played all that much. Okay. And um, also, like, in our gaming group, my wife, like, did not like it. Mm -hmm. 
So it's mainly just going to be played by one person in this right. group. <laughs> because and they own it. Yeah. So no, at least one of us own it. I have played the Raren, right? And we'll talk about it a little later, but uh, I don't see why owning that because it's too complicated to play in some other groups. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Hadrian Wall. Not as difficult as Hadrian Wall, but just right up there for a, a flipping right. Yeah. Or a rolling right, whatever. And then Dinosaur World, I own it, just haven't played it. Makes sense. It's just because uh, we've been getting going through a cycle uh, lately in our game group. Is one we play like small games if we can, but one person get a big game off their shelf. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on it. Yeah, so like I mentioned, the the puppy's in here with us. Yep. So hopefully we won't get too distracted by the puppy. But either but way, he is also adorable. So yeah, so that justifies all of the wrongdoing <laughs> it's ever done. All right, so Pandasaurus, our top eight. Pandasaurus games that you and I have both played. Um, what we like to do with these top eight debates, if you've never heard one before, first off, go listen to some because I think this is pretty entertaining. But thank you for so much for joining. Uh, we picked the top eight highest ranked on Board Game Geek uh, games from a category, um, whether it be uh, publisher, mm-hmm. uh, designer, just, artist, whatever we can find on Board Game Geek, we mechanism. try to do it. Yeah. yeah. So we we've done a lot of these and. Uh, this week we finally realized that we've we've had a pretty expansive list of Pandasaurus games, some that you and I, you and I have both played, some that just you have played, some that just I have played. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna, it's going to be fun to hear those uh, cross also, as we talk. We, uh, I am going to mention one that we have both played, but yes. we barely remember to the Correct. point we had to look into our stats to see who won the game. Right, you. yeah, <laughs> a, a specific. I yeah, we played Yido um, from Pandasaurus. And on in full honesty, I don't remember a single thing about it. It wasn't I memorable. I vaguely to me. remember it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's a fine game. I don't remember at all. And this has been only since like 2020 that we've. Yeah, we've it was about 2020. Yeah, because it was the Master Deluxe set, whatever uh, our yeah. mutual friend had gotten. Yep, and we played it, and it happened, and it was a game. <laughs> it was and a game. That was the extent of our my experience of it. I don't remember a single thing about it. Yeah, I vaguely remember it just because of the theme on it. I see. I don't even. Out of all the feudal Japan games, is it Japanese? It is yeah. Japanese, right? I see. You know, like I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know. But yeah, I, these other ones I think are definitely top notch. Um, if you're a fan of Edo, cool, not a problem. We, I just don't remember it. Yeah, exactly. Slightest. It's just it's one of those things. Otherwise, it would have been on our list. Which means that since it's not on the list, uh, another one's creeped it in. Creeped it. I can wordly good. Yeah. Um, What's nice about it, though, is I'm looking at this list, and we've talked about a few, but I don't know if we've really argued any of these in a top eight debate. Very few, if any. I think one has been, or two have been in a top eight debate. Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. So this will be some interesting arguments, just to test to see how much we remember about them. Yeah. And uh, it's probably a good sign if we do. Yeah. But more so. I remember a lot more of these than Yato. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. These I can I can picture. One of them I can't stand. Um, yep, same here. I, I know one of them you can't stand. Wait, are they against each other? No. Oh, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> I was thinking the other one. Okay, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to make compromises. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, just... That, that that was so. Let's tell the people what we're going to be arguing. Yeah, let's go into it. So our number one seed is Silver and Gold, the Phil Walker Harding game, which we both adore and love. And yep. 
if you could find a copy of that, go out and get it because uh, they have the Pandasaurus is not going to reprint it for right, right the time being. So if you can find it, get it. Yep. Uh, and that's going up against our number eight seed, who squeaked in because of the Yido uh, veto. The Yido veto. <laughs> You know Vito. I like the, that. The wayfi- uh, Wayfinders, which actually is an interesting uh, worker yeah. placement, right? Yeah. Yeah, to a degree. I yeah. mean, it's like, it's, it's almost like a Yorvik. Descri- <laughs> yeah. Thing. It's kind of hard to describe exactly what yeah. it's doing. I know it's worker placement-esque. Right. And that goes into our number two, which I know you don't like, the mine. <sighs> mm-hmm. Going up against our number seven seed, Sonora, ah. which... I think, if I remember correctly, when we played it, all of us were really looking forward to this, and a lot of us were really disappointed with it. I wasn't super disappointed. I did like it, but maybe that's because I owned it. I think it was more along the lines of, it just wasn't what we were hoping it would right. be. It was not as big as, as we thought. Yeah. And, and it's that, going on to our number three seed. Uh, Wasteland Express Delivery Service. This is the game you do not like. No, not at all. And it's going up against our sixth seed, uh, The Game. What game? The game. Which game? The game. And our number four seed, Ohanami. Going up against our number five seed, Machi Koro, which is actually one of your favorite games of all time. Yeah, it, is, it does stay up there, huh? Yeah. Doesn't it? I, and I it's just a because a lot of a nostalgia. Of uh, yeah, memories. Yep. yep. It's one of the first uh, Pandasaurus games, really, that they brought in. Actually, yeah, I was going to say it's probably one of. The first ones I've ever played of theirs. Right. Because yeah. the, at the time, the only one I've actually ever saw Pandasaurus for the long before, like, Dinosaur Island and stuff like that, was Tammany Hall. Right. Never played that one. Right, exactly. So are we doing uh, what we've been playing? No, we're doing our honorable mentions, our honorable personal mentions. honorable mentions. That's right. Uh, so, what we're playing is for the other podcast. I was just wondering why you pulled it up. All right. So. Oh, no, this is just for the... the Ah, uh, the listing. Got it. Okay, cool. That. All right, so... Let's talk about our honorable mentions. Give them a little bit, a few more few minutes because we yeah. posted a little later than we tend to. Uh, let's. Pull uh, up. Sorry, yeah, I'll readily admit I didn't put the poll up quick enough because I got kidnapped today by my wife to go to the movie. So I'm sorry. How dare you spend yeah. time with your loved one? How dare you? Well, our number three honorable mention will be starting with you. And my number three is, I mentioned it earlier, uh, and it's just squeaked in here because I did want to kind of talk about it a little, and it's the Dinosaur Island Rawr and Right. It's the stupidest name ever. And honestly, it's not a bad... I don't know. Uh, the the one where it's trying to combine a meowing with memory, like meowery, like that... That that was it's by like Stronghold Games. No, that's no. the dumbest name. I don't know. Rawr and Right is right up there. It That's... At least it makes more sense. No, no, no. So it, it's it's a decent flipping right, if I remember correctly. It's it's interesting because it plays a lot like Dinosaur Island. You have to do something, um, and you're just like, uh, oh, it's a, it is a roll and right because you've got to pull like the dice. It's like a, you pull two dice or several dice. I can't remember exactly. It's been a bit since I played it. But then you take it for this, and if you do this, it gives you a security problem. So you got to make sure you're taking all this. And you, if you're playing two players, it's got slightly different roles than I think three players or stuff like that. I only played the two player. And you're building your park, and you're trying to connect different areas to get certain points before the threat level goes up and before the end of the game. Makes it's sense. It's interesting. You're drawing on – and it's a massive sheet. 
I've seen dry erase boards smaller than these sheets somewhat. For a flipping right, it's pretty big. Yeah. And it's just you have to try to connect your park. You're trying to connect to here to here to get the points for that because you're only going to get the points for the furthest exit you have depending on the round. It is so intriguing, but yeah, it's just – it's the reason why it's this far is because it takes so long I couldn't complete that game. I only played like halfway through and I had to leave to go pick up my wife. Yep. But it's if you get a chance to play it, try it out. It's interesting. It's intriguing. It's basically a full game and a small product because it takes about 30, 45 minutes for a rolling right. I equate it to Hadrian's Wall on complexity, just slightly lower than that. But time and length, pretty close. Nice. Very cool. Uh, so that was... Uh, Dinosaur Island, Island Rawr and Right. right. Right, my number three, uh, you know, before I go on to my number three, the reason why I'm excited to do this top eight debate with Pandasaurus games is that I've always found that their games, they're always willing to take a chance. Mm-hmm. If the game is fun and it they, they appreciate innovative, innovativeness. Indifference. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they always appreciate when people come up with a new concept or a new idea. Like, and, and that sometimes, unfortunately, fails with them. Like, uh, Coaster Park is a good example. The the roller coaster just didn't work. Um, the uh, the other one, uh, Control. Abstract mm-hmm. strategy game. Really cool game. The pieces just didn't fit together. Yeah. So that's a problem. And, you know, and so we played, like, a four-player game of it. And we were having a really fun time. And then a third of the board fell off. Just because of the way we built it. Yeah. And it's just, it, it is what it is, and there's no other way they could have solved it. But they were willing to take that extra attempt at making it very intriguing. Yeah. So, my number three is a game that is that does that in spades. And it's a game that is des- that was designed... Uh, the, the, the designer, her goal was to play a game with her uncle who was blind. Ah, I and, knew this was going to be on your list. Yeah, it's it's such a cool premise. It's called Nyctophobia, and all the players play um, blindfolded, except for the the hunter. So yeah, but I really like how it's really innovative and how it works because Nyctophobia, the designer, they have it where everyone's blindfolded, and the one player who is the hunter or the vampire, whichever version you have, is basically changing. Can you hear me now? Is basically uh, running the game, kind of like a DM in, in like D and D, for example. Yeah. However, what I like about this is that you, the DM, or the hunter, they can't win by finding the other players because they can see everything. So that's yeah. just super easy. And their job isn't necessarily to uh, win. Like, and they they kind of express that in the rules. It's like it, the the hunter's job is to create a fun situation. But the way a hunter wins is if they stand next to a player and that player chooses to go in that direction, thus entering the hunter's space. Gotcha. And so it's smart how it works. Um, you know, we it came out like not too long ago before COVID. Mm-hmm. It got rave reviews and then COVID happened and nobody wanted to touch each other because, <laughs> because, you know, the hunter has to move the hands of the players. It's a really innovative game. I like it a lot. I love what it's doing. I like the message of, of the designer of how they're doing it. And I think it's a decent game. Uh, it just doesn't hit the tables that much because nobody wants to touch each other. 
Yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, board game night, you know, you don't normally just like sit in darkness and touch each other randomly. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit yeah. tricky. There's only a few games that I can pull that off. Especially now this time German frame. Jenga, oh, well. that's one. <laughs> Excuse you, sir, get down. What were you saying? Uh, it just, it's kind of weird, especially in this day and age where, you know, you don't just want to randomly touch strangers. Right, right. It's just, it's I've weird. Had to, I've had to quell that urge years ago. <laughs> anyway. Well, all I'm saying is not, not something you can show off like at a game right. night in a store and stuff exactly. like that. It's just, you got to be more intimate. That's wrong choice yeah. of words, but. Right, right. <laughs> And by the way, for our audio listeners, I made a very, like, clearly sarcastic face at the camera, <laughs> just to be clear. So we're all on the same page here. As I'm being right. attacked by the puppy right now. Yeah. So, so moving th- on. This episode's just gone off the rails. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, we're it, done. Yeah, we're talking about, like, random babies and random puppies babies. attacking me right yeah. now. Yep, it happens. All, all right, right, next uh, one, number two. Number two. Starting off with you, sir. And my number two is one we've mentioned earlier. It's the one, the big one that you haven't played. Yep. And this is uh, Dinosaur Island. Uh, now, I have not I played... I didn't expect this to be on your list. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't played Dinosaur World. And again, Dinosaur Island, I used to own it. Once I got World, and since Island never really hit the table, I decided, you know, it's, let someone else have enjoyment with it and sold it. I like the game, but it is a long process because you have to play it over five phases. You're rolling your dice, you're taking your DNA, you're creating your park, and then you got... These random uh, people that are coming out of a bag, and if you got, uh, I think it's called hooligans, they're basically the bad things that happen in your bag, and they can destroy your park. you got to make sure you have the security threat. It is a long, involved, processed game, but the component quality is amazing. Um, The screen-printed dice, uh, I didn't think I was going to like that. It was basically like stickers on there, but they're like really nice. Yeah. And so it is enjoyable but for its length it kind of overstays its welcome i heard dinosaur world kind of is in that same process but also it's more streamlined than say dinosaur island was so yeah so for me dinosaur island is really good i really want to try dinosaur world but there's a reason why i don't have dinosaur island anymore it never really hit the table would you stop (laughs) fair enough yeah i do need to get this i need to try this for sure yeah it's really good though uh, my number two is an abs- is the most thematic abstract strategy game just about anywhere. It is incredibly thematic, but it is an abstract game. Uh, just very recently came out, and I am it's a two player uh, strategy game about time travel. Oh yeah, yeah, you told me about this one. Yep, it's called That Time You Killed Me. So basically, yeah. the story is you've both invented time travel, or so you want everyone to believe. Mm-hmm. And the only way you could do that is by going back and killing the other person who's claiming to do it. Unfortunately, that's your opponent <laughs> for them. Unless that's you, which you're, <laughs> they're going for you as well. So it's a it's a simple concept in what you're trying to do. So imagine a 4x4 four four grid. Um, and you win if... <laughs> I thought I he's having a, having a blast over there. Yeah, he's you, chewing on my arm. Yeah, you win if you eliminate uh, your opponent's pieces from three of the boards. And the way you eliminate them is simple. You like when you enter their space, you push them into whatever's next. So mm-hmm. if there is another copy of you on the other side of them, well then you push them in, um, or you push them into you, and thus they get destroyed. However, if you push them into another copy of themselves, that causes a paradox because now two copies of you have, <laughs> have been of there, them. of them have have entered the same timeline, and yeah. then thus destroys both. 
or you can push them off of the board or into a wall, basically is what it is, and smush, and smush them. So there's a lot of different ways you can destroy them. However, you're playing across three boards. And so on your turn, you can take a couple actions, uh, which can involve moving, or it can involve time traveling, which this is the interesting part. If you go forward in time, it doesn't make a copy of you. If you go backwards in time, it does make a copy of you in the timeline that you just were. So basically, that's how you get extra pawns onto the board, is by going back in time. But you only have a set limit of how many you can use. So, it's really neat how it works. And then, it has four different like sealed boxes inside of it that you unlock after a few games. It's technically trying to play into like a le- legacy thing, but it's yeah. really... It's regardless of the point. Um, but I've played one of the boxes... And I have really enjoyed my time doing it. The only reason it's not higher up on my list and not my number one is because um, there is there is times where you might stalemate while playing this. So you might you might stalemate the game where you both agree that it's like, yeah, we're just going to keep going back and forth and it's going to end up being a tie, in which case I encourage you to just play it again. I've never liked that in games. Yeah. Um, I wish that there was a tiebreaker, but I guess there's really no way you could Yeah, especially with the time travel aspect yeah. of it. Which I forgot to specify as well. I, no, sir, I will not get down. I, <laughs> I forgot to also specify is that once you make your two actions, then you must pick another timeline that you are going to act on your next turn. So if I'm in the future board and I make my two actions, I, I must either do present or past board. And so you can kind of see the intent of the other players a turn ahead mm-hmm. and you can respond accordingly. So it's kind of cool how that works. And so I think my wife left the front door open. That's why we're hearing other dogs barking. <laughs> She's just trying to sabotage our episode. <laughs> yeah. Next, we're going to have some stranger with a baby in here. And they're going to be coughing on you. This is just, it's going to be one of the most random uh, episodes. So if you hear dog yeah. barking or if you watching the video later, you see my puppy scratching at me. Yep. He's actually watching us right now. He's leaning on me. I'm, I'm okay with this fact. All right. And then he wants to come say hi, apparently. I don't no. think he'll appear in the shot, but it's worth a try. Alright, our number one honorable mention before it gets too late. Alright, there you go. Hey, it's me, and this show is going off the rails. Yep, My number one honorable mention is The Loop. Speaking of time travel, this one is a cooperative game where you're working together to try to stop Dr. Foe from destroying the timeline, I guess you could say. He's making replicas of himself and just trying to control the timeline and so you're going from the past to the future and just going through a pattern of cycles to try to defeat him you cannot lose three locations if you do you lose the game or uh one location twice because he basically creates a paradox um if you lose a location once that paradox happens if you lose three of those locations you lose um if you gonna put a second paradox in a location that's already lost you lose automatically so you're and it's scenario based in a sense so you have different setups different things that's going on you're playing different characters you have to it has an intriguing timeline aspect of it so you're you're fast forwarding but you're also rewinding in a sense you're leaving cubes for other people to use in that timeline to to defeat the dr foe's replicas and stuff like that it's quite interesting they just announced announced an expansion for it soon i want to get it to the table again i really enjoyed it the first play so I want to see how it goes. So for me, uh, my number one honorable mention is The Loop. Very cool. And uh, my last honorable mention is a game that I just picked up fairly recently. 
It is a roll and write. And um, I own it now. And now, do you really now? Yeah. Oh, did you get it? Yeah, I got it uh, last week, just uh, Thursday. Have you played it yet? No, I. Well, it would have been on our list had you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't um, think it was high enough. No, oh, maybe not. I don't know. It's Trek Twelve. Yeah. I, Bruno Cathala. Um, That's why I bought it. <laughs> yeah. Great, simple roll and write. Uh, what makes this roll and write different is that you have a map of a bunch of different circles over a ma- over a mountain face. Um, that that consists of your routes. What you're basically trying to do is you're trying to roll some dice and get certain combinations of numbers because you want to group numbers together. You also want to group uh, consecutive numbers together. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I might make a group of like four sixes. Right? Yeah. And that's going to score me a total of nine points because you score the number of the grouping it is plus one for each additional space after mm-hmm. the first. Yeah. So uh, the first one is six, seven, eight, nine. There's a total of four and nine points. But that could also be part of another group that is consecutive number. Like, let's say there's a si- one of the sixes, then there's a five next to that, then a four, then a two. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, then, then a three. <laughs> Same thing. Math. You take You take the highest number and then plus one number from mm-hmm. each of those. However, you're going to get a minus three penalty for each for each location that you put that has no combination of those. So if it's like its lone self, mm-hmm. it's kind of tough. And then some of the boards add in extra spots that have like darkened circles. Those can only be the numbers 1 through 6. And then the other spots can normally only be 1 through 12. Because if you make a number that's higher than 12, which you can, then it's automatically a penalty. Yeah. So now let's talk about how the dice work. So one die is normal D6, 1 through 6. Uh, the other die is a six-sided die, but it's zero through five. And on your turn, when you roll the two dice, everyone gets to pick, are you going to take the higher of the two numbers? Are you going to take the lower of the two numbers? Are you going to add them together? Are you going to subtract the lower number from the higher number? Or finally, are you going to multiply them together? Yeah. So you take one of those combinations and you mm-hmm. put it in there. And you're thinking, well, why don't you just always take either the high or the low? Like that seems just easier to work with. That's the problem. Each of the maps only have 19 spaces. Each of those options, those five options, you can only take up to four times. So mm-hmm. once you've used all of like the highest or the lowest, you must start choosing other options. So you kind of back yourself into a cool little corner as you're balancing things. You're like, okay, well, <laughs> like I could put a zero here. Um, so I could either minus the zero from the three or multiply it to make it a zero or take the lower number to also get a zero. That's a tough choice. And yeah, it's just, it's so cool how it works. There's also a separate free, uh, free solo mode, as they call it. And then there's also an expedition, which has like envelopes that you unlock as you're playing a campaign. That's the expansion, no? No, the That's base game the base comes game? with, wow. comes with, envelopes. I haven't even opened the my box. The expansion adds another map on top of that, plus about six more expansions. Yeah. Cause or six uh, more envelopes. Yeah. Cause my box is actually still in the box sitting on the table over there. Oh I yeah. Have to unbox. If we have enough time, we'll, we'll bust out later. <laughs> yeah. We'll I, see. I doubt, I doubt it. it. You have to get ready for a trip and we've already wasted quite a bit. Though, but, <laughs> oh man. No, it, it's super neat. Honestly, I was going to put uh Machu Coro legacy on my list, mm-hmm. but this just is so fun. And Machu Coro legacy had one specific problem that I had against it. Yeah. Is that, we played, I think, 12 games, mm-hmm. and I won five of them, another player won five of them, and then the other two players each won once. Like, it was a huge difference, and it was pretty random. It was fun, but once I started getting really good at it, like, almost nobody could catch up. Yeah. So it was kind of unfair for them, and it wasn't as fun that's for That's how the I feel about regular Machi Koro, too. Right, and that's fair. That's fair. Since since then, other Machi Koros have gotten better. But I digress. Uh, Trek 12 is my number one honorable mention. 
Let's talk about the fan honorable mentions. All right, let's see if they have any. As always, we post this on the Board Game Revolution group on Facebook. And on Facebook, we let people add comments or even add their own and specify why they like one or add in other ones to the list. So the very first one that I see that was added on is uh, your honorable mention, The Loop, which also has five votes. Yeah, it's getting up there. And again, we put this up a little bit late because, you know, I got I went to the movies. I'm sorry. Right. I now, went and saw Doctor Strange. In your opinion, would I like this game? Do you think? Yeah, I think you would be intrigued by it. It's just uh, it's a co-op game that does co-op pretty well, I, I think. Like uh, it's got an interesting art design I really like. Uh, right. The the cube tower is it's okay. That's what sets up the paradox. So it could be a little bit on the lucky side of things. Sure. I like cube towers though. Cube yeah, towers it's cool. it's really interesting because it's what is it? you have to rotate it, and when you're dropping cubes to the top, there's three points that it can slide out, and it's this, this, and this. Those cubes are what causes a paradox. So if one place gets too many cubes, yeah. it gets into a paradox, and then you can That's only fun. put so many cubes on there again. Or you lose that location. And so it's it's quite intriguing. I like it, though. It's pretty good. That's cool. What's our next honorable mission? Our next honorable mission is one that we're talking about neither one of us has played. And this was added by Jeff, and that is Dinosaur World. Um, I want to try it. It's interesting because it's hexagonal now. The, the locations are hexagonal when you're putting it out there. So they, they do different things. Because the other one, if I remember correctly, you already had your park, and you're just putting little tiles out on it for, like... Uh, fences and um captivities and stuff like that yeah. which now and you get little dinosaurs to put into it and uh this is off topic again but i just saw a post about um the zoo one that we just played arc nova oh yeah it, that, our biggest complaint is that you couldn't really see what you put in there you just have right. to remember someone bought, bought little animal minis that you could put on there if you built that animal so i'm like that's, that's smart. Cool. Dinosaur Island does that. I don't know why Ark Nova doesn't. This way you just remember what you put in there. It's already a $100 game. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they spent all their money on artists. Yeah. Making really good art. It's really nice. Yeah. But Dinosaur World, yeah, it's really good. I, I, From what I hear, I haven't played it yet. I want to try it. I really like Dinosaur Island, and I heard this one replaces it. Cool. We'll have to play it sometime. And then... That's it. Looks like comments now. Uh, Terry specified wasteland express is so fun the answer for the game is amazing too makes the setup and playing so much easier that'll be brought up during the yeah during the debate the, sure. the, but the, the insert is nice it is, it is. uh That's... next up shane said the loop is just crazy time traveling mayhem and it's a great game and i agree it's it's a fun co-op it doesn't do anything really new doesn't do anything different it's just fun good and Robbie added, I really, I actually really enjoy the mind. Such a simple concept and so, so engaging. Uh, we'll see. Hey, I, I kept my nice comments. <laughs> I, I kept my mean comments from, from uh, Wasteland. <laughs> no, you you did it. No, while we're reading just now, I sure did. I kept it myself. No, I'm didn't. saving it for the debate. <laughs> I All just right. say, uh, because uh, it is a simple concept. I'll give you that. Oh. I don't know about engaging. It's playing it wrong. I played anyway, it with you, we'll, so that we'll get into a that. lot. We'll get into that soon. <laughs> we'll get into that soon. Anyway. All right. Our first round, the way this works is that we, we get the top eight, as we said, games that we have both played. Why do we, why do we uh, take 
the top eight that we've both played and not ones that either of us have played that's ranked higher? Uh, this way we can have a good debate. Um, we have to be able to be succinct in our point in making an argument because you and me are going to choose a side. We're not choosing the side. The yeah, side is chosen right. for us. But this way we can make an argument for either one of the games. If I played a game, let's just say uh, Dinosaur Island. I've played it. I know how it works. You don't. You just have to take my word for it. It's not going to work. It's not going to be engaging. It's not going to be a debate. You'd right. be like, yeah, I got to take your word for it. Yeah, exactly. Which we've had done before. Yeah. And that's also why we took out Yido, because we're yeah. like... Uh, I, I remember more than you do, but yep. even then, I it's... zero. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good deal. And so we also break it down into five different criteria as well. To help take the bias out. To help take the bias out, which we will be implementing. We will because need to be implementing into two this. games on this list. Neither one of us like. One that you don't like explicitly right. that we've talked about. And yep. one that I don't like explicitly that right. I just grumbled about. So we're going to have to definitely take our bias out of it. We'll do our best. Yeah. Uh, but the first category that we rank it on is ease of play. Which also breaks down into simplicity and familiarity with the mechanisms. Uh, likelihood to getting to the table. And prone to analysis paralysis. And what that means, that's a negative. So if, if the game makes you freeze up and thinking too long mm-hmm. in between turns, that really takes If you people. win that one, it's a bad thing. Right, exactly. So that's that's ease of play is our first of the five categories. Uh, the next one is replay value. This is the length of time and scaling well for all player counts. Okay. Uh, so we were just talking about this last game night. There was one game our friend wanted to bust out. But then he found out it's like an hour per person to play. In a four-player game, that would be four hours. So he's like, nope. And that's what we're talking about, is it make it longer the more people you add. Right. Uh, Next up is minimum number of plays for the full experience. Campaign games are going to have a better shot at this than most because you're going to have to play more of the games to get the minimum number of uh, plays. Expandability. This is already existing expansions, up to one possible future expansion, as well as expansions that have been confirmed by the designer or publisher. Right. Uh, We say something like... um, Wingspan. Wingspan. They said there's going to be every seven... All seven continents are going to be represented. And that means there's six expansions coming. And there's only two out right now. Exactly. Or five... uh, Seven continents. So six expansions, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Meaningful choice. This is where the nitty-gritty of the game itself really Mm -hmm. matters. First off, how does your impact or how does your gameplay impact other players' strategies? Are you playing multiplayer solitaire? That's kind of a knock if that's the case. Or are you hate drafting to make sure they don't get something? Right, exactly. And then impact on your long-term strategy. Are you playing entirely, um, entirely off the seat of... Of the seat of the what? What's the expression? Uh, the seat of your pants. Oh, the seat of your pants. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, I had to have you add the the pants part. Um, so the question is, it can what I do now will that affect the future part of my turns, or am I just kind of winging it? That's a, that's a big thing that we consider. Honestly, not, that's most of the games I play. Yeah, not that tactics <laughs> are bad, but at the same time, if you're just like, if you're just waiting for other people to to play and yeah. you're like well i'm just gonna ignore everybody else until until it's back to my turn then i'll figure stuff out that's not really a fun experience and then finally do arbitrary choices make an impact on the game and we found examples of both um where everything is too such good a bad, yeah such a good option where it doesn't matter what you play because you're gonna have a good move either way or mm-hmm. such a bad option where it's nothing really matters so let's just throw it out the window 
And next up is Game Immersion. Does the game fit the category best or the theme matching the mechanism? This one is, I guess, the theme matching the mechanism, really. it This changes as we go. Right. Because if we're talking about a worker placement game, then we want the theme matching that mechanism right. the best. And this one, since we're talking about different games, we have to go with does the theme match what the mechanism is in this one? Because they're all going to fit the category best they're all pandasaurus games right so, exactly uh but so it's just interchangeable on that one next up is player interaction this includes table talk this includes role playing your your character as you're playing if i'm playing gloomhaven do i really feel like i am the Cragheart? this is my character that i've built and what i've grown through stuff like that leads to the next criteria in this memorable moments what is going to be that moment for you to stand up and shout in a game, a full game room to get everybody right. to turn their heads because you made an incredible play? This has happened before, right. and, and the Game Head Geek hates it every time we bring this up. Yeah. No, it, you know, so an interesting thing happened. I'm, I'm an elementary teacher, and we were doing a thing called a Kahoot. Do you know what that is? It's kind of like a, a big group like quiz thing, right? Yeah, you can, something you like can that. make your I, own quizzes. I've yeah. heard about it. And, and everybody because logs I in with a code. A teacher on TikTok. Right. Everyone, <laughs> you make like your own quizzes, and everybody <laughs> follows with a code. And then everyone, like you know, they create their own username, kind of like a like one of the pub quizzes that you would have like on mm. like a sports bar and stuff. They have yeah. some TVs that do it. And so, like Kahoot is that is something you can use in a classroom to do that. Now we did, we made one, and we had. What one of one of our teachers like af afterwards said it was like this student you're never sitting them next to me again. I said why? What happened? And he was like this kid's a know it all. Like <laughs> this kid, every single question said who wrote these questions? These are stupid. And she would reply I wrote them. Like are you implying that I'm stupid? Like why are you doing it? And, and then I had other kids who were so competitive that they would just be like. Like, you needed an exorcism by the time of that. They're, they're like, slamming the table, like, ah! Like, screaming at the top of their lungs for some reason, whether they got the answer right or wrong. You know, it was the strangest thing. That's memorable moments. Our next category is art and production. And that's, very simply, the art. Some is sub subjectively better than the others. And I'll honestly, um, this is going to be difficult on this point, because all of these have really good art. And components... Uh, pieces and components is the next one, which of course, if Control was on the list, and like it would be knocked for that. That's an example. Yeah. And then finally, the graphic design, which once again, Pandasaurus tends to excel. Yeah. Which is weird because I'm looking at this list in one, two, like half the games have, or no, three of the games have a board. The rest are cards. Yep. <laughs> yep. In <laughs> Sonora's, eh, when it comes eh. to the board. Right. So, uh, yeah, and then finally, when it all said and done, and if we cannot come to a consensus, we go to the tiebreaker, which is you guys. So you have to pay attention. If you're not on it, join the Board Game Revolution on Facebook. We always post a poll every time we do a top eight debate. Vote on it and help us break that tie. The highest right. vote moves on. That's right. So with that being said, go ahead and get out the Cup of Doom. I am going to get the Coin of Doom, as you saw earlier. I still don't know what happened to the Cup of Doom, so I'm still using the... That's fine. It'll turn up eventually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it went. Yeah, so you're going to shake those up. We're going to flip the coin. 
Daniel, I'll be starting our first argument. Our first round will be silver and gold versus wayfinders. Wayfinders. And I'll be arguing for wayfinders. So, uh, speaking of games that have a board, <laughs> one of the few. And it's but, not even board, isn't it? Like a uh, modular. Yeah, it's it's modular tiles, and that's what makes it interesting. Is that each of the tiles has different ways of scoring. Mm-hmm. You're effectively um, kind of like path building in a way. You're sending workers out to different spots to de- get resource tokens that lets you go out to these different spots and uh, score victory points by gaining control of them. What makes this game really intriguing? First off, the pieces are really fantastic. Those tokens that are in there, the plastic bits, yeah, those are really satisfying to pull from the bag. They're functionally really good. The board works really well because it is a double-layered board, mm-hmm. and so the the pieces do slide in pretty well. Um, the tiles are fine. They're functionally really pretty. Yeah, uh, the art is fantastic. And what sets us apart from most is that when you put out your worker, you are specifically putting trying to guess what spot you're going to score from. Because when a certain number of, of workers are out on a spot, you can trigger people to take it. And it doesn't have to be yours. No. You can trigger anybody to take it, and then starting with the first worker, takes the top tile, and so forth. Yeah. It makes it really an interesting decision, because I might be able to see that you're going for something. And I might try and jump ahead of you, or behind you, depending on if there's a token I want. Because yeah. then you'll probably trigger it to score. Yeah. Or... I might just score right then and there to mess you over, and like that's hate sounds, drafting. It sounds like really bad hate drafting, but it, like it's not. It's, it's... It happens so often, yeah. And you're still getting something from it, right? It's yeah. not like you could guarantee a spot in certain circumstances. Yeah. It's just it's it's a really interesting way where you're either pulling back the workers, sending them out, moving your things around. Once you gain control of different places, you gain extra abilities. And victory points for that. And when you do that, you also have a permanent path as well. And what's even cooler is that when anybody makes a path on those, you are going to be, you can jump across anybody's path, anybody's wayfinding, you know, to get to these farther away tiles that at the beginning of the game are really difficult to get to. Yeah. I like it a lot. I was really impressed and blown away with it. Um, I, it's definitely worthy to be on this list more than some of the ones that are even on there already. Yeah. Um, I agree with you on that. Bias aside, I just, it, it's <laughs> yeah, a no, really, no, I, I agree with you on that. Like people don't give it enough credit for how ingenious it kind of is. Honestly. Yeah. I agree with you that Wayfinder is really good. Um, it kind of got lost in the shuffle, I it think, did. because honestly, you never really heard about it when it came out. Right. And then we saw it and I played Gamehead Geeks version and you also have a copy of it. And I think his version was something we did a tra- you did a trade for something like that. Yeah, because I think it was one of our trips where we were doing our trade ins and you and right. him traded games. I, and so I I was intrigued by it. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. It just again, it's one of those things that just got lost in the shuffle. It it doesn't really do too much different. It tries to do something different, but it just again lost in the shuffle. Mind you, that it came out. Right before the pandemic started, right. and, and there was a glut of games during that time period too. So, yep. and it's going sure up was. against one of our favorite games that we've talked about a lot. And all yes. I got to say, more so you. I I like this. This is not my definitely not my favorite from this designer. In fact, probably not in the top five. Uh, I wouldn't. I but played I this a lot. About yeah, 
20 games. Yeah, uh, so the uh, first thing I have to say is Phil Walker-Harding. Yes. Yeah, so this is Silver and Gold. I mentioned it earlier. If you could find a copy out there, and sometimes uh, some of them are still in Target and stuff like that, uh, get yourself a copy because Pentasaurus has said they're not plan- there's no plans to reprint it right now. Right. And this is a phenomenal quick filler game, uh, honestly. And this is, uh, like I said, Silver and Gold. It does flip and write. You're just marking stuff on your thing, trying to get the most points at the end of the game with some bonus points if you score them properly. It plays in four rounds. And yes, I did talk about it a lot because it's one of the games that we just played a lot, especially if I go over to a friend's house, we're swimming. Um, we needed something just to kind of kill time between after where we're eating lunch, after we were swimming. This is something that just can bust out easily, play real easily, and go. And so... It, it's got a buried treasure theme on it. And right. you can see some of the games that he's come with after this game where he took some of the stuff. Uh, in case in point, the Game Right game, Super Mega Lucky Box, yep. shows it. There's um, a new Phil Walker. Explorers uh, has this aspect of it where it's just bigger games based off of this. Right. You can see this was, let's do the small, succinct game. See how it goes. And then we can do these other games that branch off what this does. And it's phenomenal. I really enjoy it. It hits a lot of ticks for me. And for me, this is the one that should move on as much as I like Wayfinders. And we'll probably have to go through the breakdowns just to make sure. Yeah. But there is a lot of good stuff in this game. The My only counter argument with this is that, and you brought it up like with Super Mega Lucky Box and Explorers, and I was going to say the same thing. That's effectively been replaced by those two games in my i i'm not the biggest fan of put, drawing polyominoes on on a board it's fine but it's just still not the best and you're not and really so, drawing polynomials you're marking the polynomial off yeah i know you're, you're marking them off but it's just like that that's been done in some games and it's fine it's okay that's not my draw to it my draw was i like the buried treasure theme of it yeah and uh, Explorers just hits that in spades, and it took everything that that he learned from silver and gold, silver and gold, and he but he's I, I, replaced it for me. I say this about that: silver and gold walked for Explorers to run. You can see if this didn't hit, would we have Explorers? This True. was actually a big hit, so much so. How many times did you show this to people that eventually that got event, bought yeah, right that away? Bought copies immediately. Yes, quite <laughs> so, often. I'm just saying, like right nowadays, like. It, it seems like it's been done and, well, and the thing I, is, i'm not saying it shouldn't go on i do think it probably will um i just that that little caveat it's it's since fallen on my list of films well yeah it's it's fallen on my list too because uh i like explorers i think it's really good i yeah. think that is if you want a more um a meatier version of this game explorers yes. is the way to go if you want something that's simpler and just fun yeah then super uh mega super mega lucky, lucky box yeah but i still enjoy silver and gold for what it did yeah. um but you, you can't it was the first game where you're drawing on the cards yeah too. you can't punish it for being replaced by other things we're right. not talking about that we're talking sure. about this game well i'm talking as it compares to wayfinders and while wayfinders that that little kind of like push and pull of where you position your workers mm-hmm. to what tokens you've done very few games have done that a lot of people have done silver and gold style stuff <laughs> including phil walker harding including phil walker harding <laughs> alone like it's just it i don't know i let's let's break it down just real quick just to make He's sure a play hands down silver and gold yep replay value 
Uh, probably silver and gold as well. Yeah, because uh, Wayfinders, it doesn't really change all that much. The no. only thing difference is the board. Although the production is better in Wayfinders. Wayfinders. I'll yes. agree with you on that. To a degree. To a degree. Uh, replay value, probably. Or we said replay value is silver and gold. Uh, meaningful choice. Uh, this this one's a tough for me. I would say Wayfinder just because there's more choices per se. Right. The, the main thing about this is that you have to pay attention to what cards are taking, what bonuses you can get, right. stuff like that. But you're also beholden to what cards are in the row. Right. I, also, and you've got to pay attention, like, when do I do the palm trees? Because there's only two right there. I'm only going to two points. But if something gets taken, then right. it's down to one point. Right. I don't disagree with that. I Yeah, I would say Meaningful Choice would probably go to Silver and Gold, um, just barely. Because even though the worker placement is a really interesting strategy... Um, there's so much of just constant like, oh, well, even if I don't get this, I still have something in the constellation and I can go for it later. I just don't get it right away. And since you, it's not immediately obvious what everyone's going for, yeah, it's tricky. Long-term strategies, um, definitely Wayfinders. wayfinders. Yes. Yeah. Um, other player strategies, would that be Wayfinders as well? Yeah. That's why I said Meaningful Choice goes to Wayfinders. So Game Immersion. Does... Let, let's talk memorable moments is definitely the silver and gold. I agree with that. Yeah. Player interaction. I mean, I don't feel like I'm really <laughs> interacting much role playing regardless of which game it is. So I think yeah, that's exactly. a wash. Yeah. But uh, does the, the theme match the mechanism? I mean, you are route building in Wayfinders. Yeah, in a sense. Uh, but the thing is with uh, silver and gold, you are trying to get more treasure than the other player. Right. Uh, and you feel that because... Honestly, you're saying like player interaction is kind of a wash. When someone takes like the the treasure trophy away from yeah. you, more <laughs> people get That's angrier true. and angry as you go. Yep. <laughs> so, That's true. So then let's give it to silver and gold, just barely. Just barely. But yeah, uh, I'm not going to say I would not be upset if Wayfinders went on. No. I like silver and gold. It's probably one of my favorite games on this list. But I liked Wayfinder for what it did. Right. Cool. All right, so our next round is going to be uh, contentious. It'll be the mind versus Sonora. Well, you guys like it when we argue, so... That's right. So let's see. I will be starting us off on this debate. Let's see which one I will be arguing for. You are arguing Sonora. Which means you're going to argue Yay! the mind. You're not going to argue it that well, but that's fine. Because I, I know... I, I will argue it more. as well. Right. But Sonora. So... Sonora is a really interesting uh, flick and write game where you flick your token into the into the board, um, trying to get it in certain different regions. Your discs are numbered from one to four, and those numbers do matter. And you can also flick your other opponent's pieces as well. So there's different categories. Uh, there's four quadrants of the board, which correspond to the four quadrants of your drawing map, where you are activating like three or four different regions of the Sonoran Desert, uh, whether it's a creek or, or an arroyo, yeah. as we know it, uh, whether it's like the nighttime, like Badlands, whether it's, you know, uh, just looking around. It I, I forget the, the four off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. though. And each of those four has a very different way, depending on your number, on how to, uh, how to actually put symbols or, or mark off pieces or whatever. It's basically you're playing four simultaneous roll and writes, except you're not rolling and 
yeah, yeah it, you're, it's you're literally flicking. a flicking right. It's a dexterity and right game in essence. Right. Uh, it's intriguing for what it was yes. doing. Yeah, it's it, pretty. It's definitely pretty. Um, it works well. The components are decent. The yeah. board, eh. it's okay. You know what my um, least favorite thing of that thing that game though is the sticker on the bottom of the board. No, what the rule book. I don't remember what was wrong about the rulebook. It it didn't read very well. It took us like multiple times to go through oh, it I to see. figure yeah. out there was like how this there. scoring works, what happens here. Right, I do remember that. That's right. We we were a little confused the first time we played it. But I my my least favorite part is that the board is made up of cardboard with a plastic frame on it in the sticker. But the but the, the cardboard part of it has an, a hole where you can flick your disc into and you get like an automatic like bonus. Like a like crocodile. crocodile, yeah, yeah, but the in order to keep it from falling through the board, they just put a sticker on the bottom. It's <laughs> yeah. like it works, it's functional, it's fine. It just that seemed cheap to me at the at, on one end. But regardless of that, honestly, it's, it's really expensive though, game. so that's probably what they had right. to do because they wanted to keep the cost down. Yeah, exactly. because at the time, is what thirty dollars. It's a thirty dollar brand new game, yeah, which is awesome. Like the great components for that. Yeah, uh, it it's so so innovative. Once again, that's what Panasaurus does. It's completely different than most games. Um, yeah, I, I I will say it was intriguing because it was doing something right. It's not doing a flipping right. It's not doing a rolling right. You you actually are doing a dexterity version of right. that kind of style. It just didn't hit uh, properly for me. I like it more than the game I got to argue, but okay. <laughs> so this one is the mind, and I'll say this right off the bat: I am not a fan of this game. Yeah, but it. It's intriguing to me because it's one of those games that are getting other people into the hobby because of how simple it is. It's, you can't talk, you're basically just trying to score numbers in successions and over certain rounds, right? It's just like, the first one is like 20 cards or, and so forth. No, it's uh, like one through a hundred. Your round is how many each play, how many cards each player gets. So oh, that's first right. First round, yeah. everyone gets one card. Second round, everyone gets, gets two, two cards, cards yeah. etc. You have a certain number of rounds based on the number of Yeah, players. so it tells you how often I've played this one. Yeah. Uh, but... I, I get what uh, what it's doing. I like what it's doing. It's something that's so different out there. Yeah. There's another game on this list that kind of does what it does um, right. better, I think. But it's intriguing what it's doing. It's real simple. The only thing is you cannot communicate. Um, you have to play your cards in order. All The whole group have to do it. Yep. And you have to be like, oh, God, oh, God, I, I, uh, no, I, no, and, and you can't say anything. So the whole time you're just sitting there like, <laughs> not really supposed to do that either, but no. you can't clue into other people. But there is times where you just see people lay down their cards and not look at them like, yep, that it's that's the entire game. That silence you were hearing is the entire game of the mind. But it works. One of the reasons why I don't like it is that, to me, it just feels more of an activity than anything. Right. But also, I don't like games that give me that much stress. Hanabi is another one that just, duh, in do, my... Do you dislike Hanabi? Or no, you... I loved Hanabi. But... Okay. But it gave you that <laughs> it, That kind of stress. I'm a big dude, and I'm getting up there in age. I don't need heart palpitations while I'm playing a board game. <laughs> and this does it and then and then they made it worse by going extreme <laughs> yeah i don't know what the extreme version is but yeah they just there's made it a few categories yeah that, that does it but it's a phenomenal game it's intriguing for what it's doing i was 
pretty much okay with trying it and i'm glad i tried it but it's just not something for me but if you like it have all the fun just don't ask me to play again fair enough uh so i'm going through the criteria honestly i hate to say it but i think the mind moves on just because of what it does it's it's simpler to play because the rule book makes sense in that one yes it does it's a very simple (laughs) game uh, there's a lot of meaningful choices from when you're not talking in that right. game. Re- considering there's no communication, the meaningful choice level is pretty top notch. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not just like war where you're just playing cards. It, no, like you yeah. legitimately have to think about what you're doing and what other people, how other people are like, kind of like showing their body language and trying not to like portray what they're doing. Yeah. It, it really does. The whole premise is that you're trying to read people's minds. That's really kind of what you're doing. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. And it's actually, uh, I will give this for this game. Yeah. It's a, so, you know, how like people do the, like those work retreats and stuff like that to yes. build like the teamwork bonding stuff. Yeah. This is the game that would be good for that. Right. Um, in fact, uh, I say it wins at least three of the categories we we're talking about. Yes. Uh, the meaningful choice, uh, ease, uh, ease of play. The other one is game immersion. It does yes. tend to lead to a lot of memorable moments. Yep, yep, it really does. Yeah, whether you, I remember you and I played it. We got pretty darn far. That's like one yeah. of the farthest I've ever gotten in that game. Yeah, and still, and it day. was stressing me out. It's like again, we, we joke about it. I'm not a big fan of the game, but it's a good or the mind because I don't think of it too much of a game, but I understand why people like it. I'm not a big fan of it, but I think it should move on. I I agree with you. Mind is moving on. So good uh, job of keeping your bias out of it. So Sonora, to me, really only wins art and production. Art and production, (laughs) yes, and technically. Um, Replay value, maybe? Uh, I don't think replay value, though. No. Just because the way the mind works, because the cards are getting shuffled, you kind of know already how to play. Yeah. But because it's of... so different. Yeah. Each time. Yeah. Because you don't... Even though you know how to play the game, or uh, you know how to play the mind on the first round, doesn't mean you really know how to play it. Yeah, Doesn't exactly. mean you've really experienced it. Like, when, you, when you've somehow worked with your group and got to, like, level eight, and you guys are, like, really rock-starring it, that's when you've experience the game yeah so yeah i agree our next one is wasteland Ex- express delivery service versus the game the what yeah the game which game uh yeah <laughs> it's starting i'm so sorry that this is gonna be an ongoing bit that's me please not <laughs> you got the game <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> Shoot, okay no the the, the game the What's one it? you don't like oh okay i'm <laughs> just kidding you got the game Alright, so the game. Also known as the game on fire. We're just joking right. around over here. So, uh, technically, it's known as that. Yeah, that's, it's, uh, that's how you have to find it on BGG. Yeah. Because the game doesn't find it. The game on fire is was the American version, version with of Pandasaurus it. that had the optional on fire expansion to it. I, I do also prefer the Target brand version of yes, the game. With the, 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 with better the non-creepy art. Creepy yeah. art. I mean, it was nominated for the spiel. So, first off, I'm already intrigued by that. Yeah. Um... Because any game that's nominated is probably a fun game, more often than not. Mm-hmm. So this game, the way it works is that it is a cooperative game. You have the numbers 1 through 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, you deal out a certain number to every player. You can play one or two on your turn, but you must play a minimum of one. Right. 
There is four piles, two of which go in ascending order, two of which go in descending order. So, for example, if I have a 40 on the ascending pile, I can play a 41 or higher. Only cards that go increase from the last previously card played. Except... Work. Except, if you have exactly 10 in the opposite direction, you may play that instead. So, in that previous example, if I played a 40 on the ascending pile... Somebody else could play a 30 and then a 20. As long as you're decreasing by groups of 10. 10. Yeah. All you have to do is make it through the deck. Then you've won. It sounds simple. It sounds it simple. Not. It's not simple. It is a difficult task to do. And especially what makes this interesting is that when you jump back, like that's that's a fun move that a lot of people like to do. I've seen somebody, like, and they love every minute when they do it. It's like they're at 50. They're like, all right, I'm going to play 98. It's like, why would you play a 98? Like, because I'm playing an 88 now. <laughs> you know, like they, they like so happily like like play the higher number, then bounce it back. You know, yeah. or vice versa. And it's really entertaining when that happens. And the thing is, is like you have limited communication in this game. Yes. Uh, we mentioned the mine earlier. There's no communication. There is limited communication right. in this one. Yeah, you could say like, don't play on this pile. Yeah. Or I'm planning on taking care of this one. Yeah. You can't say what number you have, but you can say. Yeah, just if don't, you guys just don't avoid touch it, don't, don't touch that. But then it's like, uh, there's times where people are like... Like, that's the only card I can play. Uh, yeah, I have to play on that pile. I'm sorry. And then they play it, and you're just like, yeah. ah! Yeah, it's kind of like the, I'm so sorry in the game, <laughs> right? It, it's it's super fun. It's super immersive for a fun little simple card game. Co-op, um, too. Yeah, and like you just have the numbers 1 to 100. Yeah. Two, 104 cards, because you have the four cards that did That, that started, that's yeah. The game. It's really simple. It's It so didn't intriguing. need to be more yeah. complex. Now... And I know this will come up later. The the or the game Quick and Easy, the one that had the five different colors and it's only fifty cards. Mm-hmm. I prefer that between the two. Really, but I do still like this one a lot. I, I'm intrigued by that one, but I'm like, I like the game so much yeah. that I don't know if I need that smaller version. Well, you also like numbers, and for some reason, like people going ascending and descending, and then like can only go ten in the opposite direction. That breaks a lot of people's brains. Yeah, it's quite hilarious. And, and Which is funny, but it's not like the other one, the game Quick and Easy. You have five suits of cards, five colors. Okay. And you can play, you have to go in order, and there's only one pile for each. But you can you can uh, ignore that requirement okay. if you play a card of the same color. So if I play a green on a green, it could be any number. Well, I get a bit talk about the game that you hate. Yes. A lot. Okay. I will do my best to take my bias out of it. Excuse me while I meditate. <laughs> Wasteland Express Delivery Service. Ah, I hate it. <laughs> now. Happy place, happy place. I know part of the reason why you hate it. I, I really enjoy it. Our mutual friend Dom enjoys it as well. Uh, we're the only two that owns it. In, in fact, our mutual friend Gamehead Geek enjoys it. He doesn't own it. He doesn't need to because it's a game that he's. <laughs> but it's a pickup deliver during the post-apocalyptic. It's got variable player powers. It's it's quite intriguing. I enjoy this game a lot. I enjoy the mess out of it. In fact, this was a game I was hunting for the longest time. And the wife got it me for Christmas one year, and I'd just been enthralled with it. I enjoy it. Um, they mentioned it earlier. It has one of the best inserts for a board game. Yep. And it's a fact, I think, is one of the first games that Game Trace started making stuff for. Uh, so that's intriguing that that this game itself pretty much helped the company out. Uh, it did. It's very complicated, so it is not winning ease of play. No, 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 nope. no, no. 
I think it's the game. I think there's more meaningful choices slightly in Wasteland Express delivery, but the like for when it comes to impacting your player strategy, the other two I think goes to the game because there are arbitrary choices in Wasteland delivery. Yes, and the game you impact everybody's strategy because yes. it's such limited communication. Uh, game immersion I give to the game as well. Yep. Unfortunately, just because that. I've played the mess out of the game, um, more so than Wasteland Delivery. And don't get me wrong, I really get into Wasteland Delivery. I do feel like I'm post-apocalyptic. I'm going to go fight those Mad Max people over there, legally distinct from. And I enjoy that concept of it. There is flaws, I will highly admit it, because it's a long game. Because you have to get three um, goals before every other people. And it actually takes a bit to get those goals done. So it's very long. So it's not well. It'll win replay value for the at least the minimum number of plays for the full experience. Sure. That's it, yeah. and because it doesn't have an expansion and the length of time, just it's it's long. It I can play probably six to ten games of the game before I'm halfway through the other game. That's how long it can be. Uh, it wins art and production. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You ready? I'm going to say some nice things about it. I am. Ready? That insert is absolutely there 100%. That is a great insert. Game Trades did a fantastic thing. And the art. I love that art. That is great. Art. I was genuinely excited when I saw that art. I'm like, that looks cool. I'm excited. That's awesome. Also, the little vehicles are pretty cool. The vehicles are really cool, too. And the production is just it, Through it's the really roof. good. Yeah. Through the roof. It does a great job as what it's doing. And I actually, I like that theme a lot. I actually like post-apocalyptic theme quite a bit. Um, I'm not as immersed as, into it as you are, mm-hmm. but I obviously that theme is way more intriguing than, oh, you're, we're playing the game. Yeah. You know, and that's it. Like, it, it's not a big deal. But when all said and done, that, those are the top tiers for, for me. Like, yeah. I like the art. I like the theme. They definitely didn't skimp out on the components. But uh, yeah, Pandasaurus did what they as best as they could with that game. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I like the game. A lot of people like the game. Yeah, I just think the game is actually a better game. Yes, when we're talking in context by our criteria. Out of those two, if I would choose either one, I would choose Wasteland Delivery to play personally. Right, but the game is quicker. Um, it's got a lot more choices in it. <laughs> There's a lot of... Uh, and don't get me wrong. There is memorable moments in playing Wasteland Delivery sure. when stuff happens. And uh, when you're fighting and you're trying to steal stuff from other people. Yeah. Or fighting the bandits that are on the board. But the game, just the talk. Like, don't play there. I can take care of it. Don't t- Why'd you touch it? I Why'd told you, you not to touch it. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I just... Yeah. The it's game so immersive. Immersive. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. And our last round of the quarterfinals is Ohanami versus Machi Koro. And Daniel, you'll be starting us off for this one. I know which one I want to move on. Yes. Just because I like that game a lot and I've only played it once. Yeah. You need to buy a copy of it. I, I gotta get me a copy of it. Yeah. It's really I good. do have a version of the other one. Yeah. A version. Yeah. Um, apparently I'm getting Machi Koro because both got pulled out and that was the first one I saw. Okay, sounds like a plan. <laughs> so, I don't know how that happened. No, let's just throw that I will down. argue for either one. Sorry Stop breaking that. things, sir. Well, sir. It's our, this is a lot That's bigger true. cup of doom. Right. <laughs> so it's We're harder. not used to the shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I am arguing for Machi Koro 
what there to say that we haven't really said for Monte Coral. This is a pretty good game. Uh, for me personally, it only got replaced because space based is just for me a better game, but I like this one. It, in fact, when I mentioned it about silver and gold, Machi Coral walked for space space to run. Yes. <laughs> in all honesty, yep. so it's basically you're just rolling one or two dice on your turn, depending on how many buildings you already have out, and you're just trying to build your city before everybody else. Because I think you're supposed to get like the first. It's the for the first one. It's like six cards. Uh, for the base game, it had four mm. um, landmarks. With the expansion, the harbor, it added two additional uh, landmarks yeah. plus the city hall. So he he knows it more than I do. So <laughs> I, I played every version I, I, of Machikora. But it 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 you're basically trying to be the first one to do that. Right. Uh the it's one of the few first games that you want to pay attention to other people's turns as well, because yes. there could be a possibility for you to get resources off of it, depending on what you have in your tableau. And I think it's what the red stores that uh, basically, hey, he rolled a three, he's coming over to my burger shop. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um so uh and when you get to a certain point, you're allowed to roll uh, one or both dice. Yeah, once you build your train station. Yeah, once you get to a certain point, which is the train Unless station. Unless you have Machi Koro 2. Okay. We'll talk about the differences here in a Yeah, yeah I, I, like we're talking about Machi Koro. So I've no, never no, played no, Machi no, Koro 2. No. So, uh, no. <laughs> I, I still have to go through Legacy. I have that one up there. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, Machi Koro is a phenomenal game. It's quite simple, uh, really easy to play. Um, it gives you a lot of meaningful choices out there, how, what you're building, what you're doing. There is arbitrary choices in a sense, because you're beholden to a die roll. Yeah. And if you're rolling like crap and not getting the resources you need to help you buy better things, then yeah. eh, what can you do? Right. Um, I wouldn't really say it's a very immersive game when it comes to the theme matching the mechanism per se, but it does lead to a very, um, a lot, well, I can't. I lost my train of thought, but it's, it leads to a lot of memorable moments in this game, especially when I played with you and your wife, and she was so happy every time you rolled uh, like a number, and she was like, "Give me money, give me yep. money now." Yep, she likes <laughs> to play the the red cards quite a bit. That's <laughs> so all. It it made me intrigued because you just kept rolling reds that entire right. time. You know, like oh, here's my coin to you yep. or whatever. Like, roll and hand money. <laughs> roll and hand and money. Pretty much. I like what it's doing is uh, with that one because you what is it? You do the red cards first before you take money, if I remember correctly. Uh, red, green, blue. So, so you yeah. go red. Red first, you take money from other the player who rolled the die. And it's basically, then, if that player doesn't have money, well, you right. don't get anything. And then he starts giving himself right. money. I, I like that concept because right. it's understandable. It allows people to stay in the game. Because right. if you put red last, oh, look, I got four coins. I could buy that thing. Oh, wait, no, because they yeah. took money away from me. You take money away from me every single time. No. Yeah. It's only if you had money before. I think it makes really smart choices in that. The art is phenomenal in this game. Yeah, it's really it's, cute art. It's really decent. It's almost like minimalism but yeah. it's like it's still really attractive and so it's one of the first games that um during that uh what is it the japanese importing mm -hmm. um pandasaurus was one of the first companies that came over yep. and then there was just like a surge for like small japanese games that were coming over and machi carl really started it my biggest complaint for machi carl really big box for about that much components yep <laughs> which is only the case in <laughs> And I wonder how much of like Pandasaurus's say in that was, or whether it was IDW because they were working with IDW yeah. at the time. It makes you wonder because, um, yeah. of course, in the U.S., you know, self presence is a really important thing. 
Like if you sell a box, a deck box of cards for a thirty dollar game, yeah, that's that's already a hard push. But if you sell a box that's that big, big with a bunch of cards for thirty dollars, that's not that bad. That's not that bad. In all honesty, the game is good enough. If I put it in a smaller box, it would still be worth it. But I understand brand new game that was coming over from uh, Unproven, so. Yeah. You, you try to get as much presence as you can with it. And honestly, those bigger boxes are going to be something that catches people's eyes. So if you put yes. it on display in a store and you're standing it up face up, what's going to draw you over there? Exactly. If it's, it's this And I can even this. vouch for that because when I moved up to Albuquerque about seven or eight years ago, um, I remember walking into our Walmart and finding out that Machi Koro was there. And like, and I saw it on the shelf. I was like, "What in the world is this doing here?" Just like next to the Magic and Pokemon cards and stuff, mm-hmm. they had a select of like probably ten to fifteen board games, and that was one of them. And I was like, "What is this game?" And that that cover drew me in. So their their and choice it's a made pretty a lot cover. of sense. It's yeah. a pretty cover. I'll admit that. Yeah, absolutely. I do prefer the the Target exclusive cover, the Big City. Uh, Bright Lights, Big City. Yeah, I yeah. love that cover. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Right. So my next or my argument is for Ohanami, which first off, gorgeous game. Speaking of artwork, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of artwork, the art on there is is gorgeous. Uh, the game is pretty simple. Basically, you're building up to three rows in front of you. Uh, as like speaking of they ascending, are, and <laughs> yeah. Speaking of ascending and descending, all you can do though is on each of your three little gardens, you must play either a higher or lower number for any of those. Mm-hmm. So if I so the timing on when you play each of your each of your stacks is pretty important, and you're drafting, mm-hmm. so you're trying to score majorities of different types, mm-hmm. and you're going to be getting points uh, based on how many of those cards you have. Yeah. But you can only go in opposite directions. So if I have like a forty and a sixty in one of my rows, I can only play a thirty-nine or a sixty-one or higher, or thirty-nine or lower. So. This is kind of the same idea as the game, except it's not cooperative. It's mm-hmm. very much versus. You're going to be scoring those. The math on it is really intriguing. If you're yeah. if you're really into math, the way that it scores actually makes a lot of sense, and it's really cool um, because certain ones score every round. Some of them only score at the end of the round, but there are a lot more points. It's really cool, and they have the scoring system on the side of the box too. Yeah, which is really smart. So, Ohanami is a really really intriguing game. I think it's awesome. Um, and yeah, it, it it it's just gorgeous and it's simple for what it does. Now, personally, I do like Machikoro more, and we've already talked about that. Mm-hmm. I like Machikoro a lot. I think it's a great game. I do agree that this is probably more strategic, but I would my vote honestly is for Machikoro to move on. Mm. And I'm okay with breaking it down. Yeah, I, I, I want to go through the breakdown, but I. I... I can't disagree with you with Machi Koro moving on, right? But I do want to see it. What's yeah. easier to play, uh, Machi Koro? Uh, well, the the scoring I think is what's going to be taking it out of it because honestly, you're only building four things out of the base game, right? That's true. Uh, and then dice roll, get whatever the dice says. Where Ohanami, that math, it, it's a little tricky. I'm not gonna lie. That's true. In Machu Koro, your only resource is money. Yeah. So it takes everything like from Settlers of Catan and then just makes it one thing. <laughs> which exactly. makes sense in a cityscape, you know. Yeah. If you're building a metropolis. Why do you need cheap? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> you don't need cheap. You need coin. Yeah. You need money. So I, for me, Machu Koro uh, wins. Easy play. Okay. Replay value Machu Koro as well. Yeah, especially because okay. how many expansions? Two? 
for just the base game, not to mention yeah, all the extra yeah, stuff that went out. There's variable. Yeah, so there's two expansions for the base set. Mm-hmm. They made a fifth anniversary, which doesn't change much. They made Machi Koro 2, a sequel. Mm-hmm. And they made Machi Koro Bright Lights Big City and then Machi Koro Legacy. Yeah, so, so. pick your poison. Exactly. Uh, now, meaningful choice. That's tough because here's the thing. I think, honestly, meaningful choice goes to Hanami. Okay. And, again... You're beholden to the dice roll in yeah. a sense. So if you really want that big card and you're not getting coins, nothing you could do about it. Yeah. Um, but Ohaname, you're making the decision and it, you're impacting your own strategy by the card you draft. But you're also impacting the opponents if you draft a card that they want. True. So right there, there's two. And there's really not any arbitrary choices in Ohanami because you right. are making every single decision out there. My, my only counter argument to that is that in Ohanami... It's almost too easy to to get cards to fit because part of the whole draw of it is like, oh well, there, I want situations to be where it's like, I just can't put anything down, you know, so I'm yeah. just gonna discard these cards, or I really need to make a tough choice between two cards, and that's it's since the span of the cards are so big. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that ever really happens my, in my, my play. I agree with you what you're trying to say for that argument but the fact is you're still beholden to what the dice do for you and that's a big detractor and honestly that you can't impact someone else's strategy if you can't get a red card into your deck right because of that stuff that's going on sounds good to me um art and production i feel like goes to all hanami yeah And, and that's because um first off the box we we discussed that but the original coins were just cardboard chintzy mm-hmm. coins. They later upgraded to plastic, which is fine. Yeah. But the cards have always been thin. They yeah. never needed to be anything more than and thin. And that's just to keep the cost down. Too. Right. But Exactly. To keep it in a $30 box for that. Uh, in, in all honesty, my fun, I'm fine with uh, Machi Coral having thin cards. Right. Compared to something like Summer yeah. Camp, which is about the same price. Machi Coral, the cards aren't really that important. They're just out no. there. However, Summer Camp... Is a deck builder. <laughs> yes. No, but here's the problem, though. In the expansion, the harbors, the harbor, for Machikoro, it changes it from a tableau of 15 right. cards to choose from to a card row. And you have to shuffle those cards. Okay. They, the cards were printed at different sizes and colors. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, my copy, because I have an older copy of Machikoro and a slightly newer copy of, of the harbor, the harbor they are different sizes of cards. Oh, that's annoying. So you you are shuffling only part of the cards. That's really frustrating. Well, that I'm, production I'm disag- alone was. Just I'm not disagreeing with you that it's bad. Right. I'm just saying you can't really detract for a game that right. cheap on skipping on the cards. Right. Now, right. when you're talking about adding an expansion into it, that's a different yeah. story. That's a frustrating thing. Yeah. All you gotta do is make them the same size. But I digress. That that's the that's the real production. So our production, I think, would go to Ohanami. And I think uh, that's but pretty much it because it's Game three... Immersion, yeah, which we haven't talked about. Game Immersion does feel it's it's Machi Koro. Yeah, because Ohanami honestly, Ohanami, you could be like, no. it's it's Ohanami is a better Seven Wonders in a sense because you're quiet the whole time, right? <laughs> but exactly. Well, there we go. So that means Machi Koro moves on the well fought battle. Daniel, let's update the the votes and talk about the ones that were eliminated, how many votes they got. All right. Normally, we'd like to get this beforehand, but we're just going to extend it. So, if it changes throughout it, you know, it is what it is. So, the first one eliminated was Wayfinders, Mm -hmm. which went up against Silver and Gold. Wayfinders, I'm not seeing a vote for it. Uh, Nope, no votes for Wayfinders. A total of zero. 
Moving on to the next one, Sonora, which was eliminated next. It also got no votes. Yep. Uh, next one eliminated was Wasteland Express, which which was our best vote getter. That was one that we posted, mind you. Yep. It's not a lot. Three. Right. Our number three got three votes. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the final one, Ohanami versus Machi Coral. Ohanami got two votes. All right. There we go. So moving on, we have Silver and Gold going up against The Game. That's interesting. I've never thought I'd, I would have these two <laughs> paired up, but I'm That's glad it. that they are. This will be intriguing. And then the number two seed, The Mind, versus the number five seed, Machi Koro. That's another intriguing one. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. All right, well, let's see what happens in the next round of the semifinals. Daniel, I'm going to be starting between either Silver and Gold or The Game, the Battle of the Small Card Games. Honestly, there's three small card games and one slightly larger card game. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all card games from here on out, people. If you don't like card games, keep listening to the end. Machi Koro is... could fit in the game's box. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe not with the coins and the two dice. Oh, yeah, okay. A slightly bigger box than slightly the game. Slightly bigger box, yeah, what... You know, it's like uh, Ultra Pro 100 you know, card boxes that fits. Machi Koro could fit in the silver and gold box. Because the, that silver the and game gold... and silver and gold are the same size, aren't they? Oh, no. Silver yeah, and gold silver is goes a little, little bit bigger, bigger because of the markers. That's right. It probably could. You're getting the game. All right. The game. So, the game, we've already talked about it right now. It it was an innovative new game. Um, it took a very s- simple idea to take numbers 1 through 100 and make it into a cooperative game. That is rather immersive. Um, there's a reason it was nominated for the Spiel de Jar. There's a reason Silver and Gold has not been nominated. I'm not saying that's the only factor, but it is, that's something worth knowing. And a lot of people who, who follow it can see why, you know, yeah. the, the game really did offer something that was brand new. Now, before we go off, we got to talk a little bit about the Spiel de Jars. Yes. So, but go ahead. Wait, so are we going to talk about the recent announcements? Yeah. Oh, so you did watch the video that I sent. Uh, I didn't watch the video. I saw the a post about it. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> Are we really derailing this? Uh, well, not right now. Let's do it at the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, no, no, don't don't switch my tracks that quick. Okay. <laughs> so the game, I mean, Spiel des Jahres is on my mind right now. It yeah. is. There's one pretty clear one, in my opinion, but we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so the game, there's a reason it didn't win. I get that. But there's a reason it Who was did nominated. Who it lose to? Was it Camelop? That might have been. Oh, when was it? It wasn't Camelop. It might have been. Might have been the same year as Splendor and and that. So we'll we'll look into that while while I'm explaining the game. Yeah. I do think the game, as far as comparing it to Silver and Gold, it I think the game should move on personally. Um, I do like it if it's 2015 and that went up against uh. That went up to uh, up against oh, i want to say um i'm not looking splendor cult express. oh cult express yeah and uh Machi Machi Koro. Koro. that's right <laughs> that's right Machikoro was the other one all right anyway so that's gonna stress me out now then we have two spiel nominated in the same year um could but go head to head in the next round. <laughs> it could go. We'll find out. No, I mean there's there's a lot of strategy to it. There's a lot going on. Um, it's not it's not engine building, but it's not supposed to. You yeah. know, 
the game has is in its own right is a legitimate strategy game uh being held to the con- communication standards that it has the constraints that it that it gives you saying oh you can say vague stuff like don't play here or like my turn's going to be pretty good next turn yeah uh, regardless those are all really interesting ways to avoid saying i have a 10 or i have like don't play here because i'm about to bump it back you know yeah and that i think is part of the charm of the game yeah that's what makes it really fun um you have the players who are really into like the card games really really get into this theme because the whole premise is just like okay all right i see what you did there and Mm -hmm. let me do this you know and then once every once all four piles really kind of get to their half and everyone starts stressing, which happens a lot sooner than you think it should. Yeah. When you saw 50 cards to go through and everyone's like, we're in the 90s and, and under 10 on both of these rows. It gets pretty intense. Um, I personally think that between the two, I would, I think the game should move on. But we'll, we will break it down because yeah. I don't know that it will be the case. Uh, I don't disagree with everything you said. In fact, out of the two, I would personally pick the game moving on too. I love Silver and Gold. I've established that I like Silver and Gold right. a lot. However, I think what the game does is so intriguing that it just has to move on for me. But we'll break it down. Okay. Um, we'll go ahead and go to Ease of Play, which is easier. The game. The game. Easy. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Silver and Gold is not complicated. No. But the game is, is you're just playing numbers. This is, this in a, is comparing ascending... poker to you know, blackjack. Yeah. To blackjack. Yeah. It's like blackjack is simpler, <laughs> but that doesn't uh, make poker hard. Yeah. Exactly. Um, replay value. That would be silver and gold. silver and gold. Okay. Uh, meaningful, meaningful choice. The game. The game. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yep. Game immersion, uh, we'll go back to that in a minute, but yeah. art and production, I'll silver say silver and gold. and gold. Yep, because of the dry erase cards. And markers that actually come in the game, and yep. it's still pretty cheap. And yep. there's good markers, too. Yeah, yeah, they're better than most. Yeah, some of, like, a St. Malo. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I have oh, to get, actually... Those are dry erase you know, markers. Those I are have to get dry markers. Yeah, they, the, the board just soaks them in, and then you're like, did I draw on that? I don't know. Uh, uh, so art production goes to silver and gold, but game immersion for me personally the has game. to hands that gold game. I agree. The game moves on. Wow, I'm surprised we're in consensus about that. Let's break I love, that. I, I told you, I right. love silver and gold, but yeah. the game just does stink so smart. In my mind, I think they're probably about the same for me. But it, you're right. I mean, there's there's something about the game where. I remember seeing your expression when I taught you the game. Yeah. You sat back, you're like, huh. <laughs> so much okay. so I went, no, I had already bought the game. You're like, I could show it to you right now. Yep. And yeah, so I'll teach put... you real quick. It's super easy game. Because I, I, I got it at like Target for like 10 bucks, if not yeah. less. It was cheap. It wasn't expensive, for sure. And our next semifinal, you'll be starting us off with? The Mine. Again, you've, you've done a great <laughs> job of arguing it so far. Keep it up. I don't think it's moving on. Wow! Wow! Uh, the, the, reason, or the reason being is that uh, it is good for what it does. Okay. But when we're talking about the better game, the only thing uh, that Machi Crow cannot beat the mind in is meaningful choice. Art production is way better. What about ease and play? <laughs> okay, I'll give you ease of play too. <laughs> Mind you, roll some die. Choose what you're going to get based on the die roll. Not that hard. However, uh, the mine is a good game for what it does. Uh, Machi Coral, (laughs) hands down. (laughs) Hands down. Well, 
two expansions versus the extreme. No, the the game on fire is an expansion. No, no, that's not. That's no, a different we're game. not talking about the You're game. Right. We're, we're talking, talking about the mine. mine. No, but they have a promo card. It goes to level thirteen. Okay. A promo card. <laughs> it would be impossible fact, to expand that game. Yeah, yeah, you have to have 0.5 to like numbers. Like, come in on. In this... fact, yeah. we actually uh, eliminate promo cards as expansions. Right. That was one of the criteria yeah. we agreed upon. But no, get me wrong. I, I, I like the, the mind for what it does. Again, it's a nice activity. It's a good team building bonding right. moment. Uh, but it's just, it's going to be hard to go up against something like Machi Coral because. Machi Coral is much more game. It is. It is much more game. And I do agree with you. With meaningful choice, there is a lot of meaningful choice in the mind, mm-hmm. as well as he's a play. What tips it over is game immersion. Mm. That's what hands down does it. Because the mind, uh, as much as it pains me, because I do prefer Machi over the mind. I really do. But I like them both. The reason why the mind should go on is because... When you get into that mental space mm-hmm. of playing the mind and you're reading other people and you're tuning in to this time thing and you 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 become another level, which is the whole point. It's supposed to say, oh, the mind, you are this, uh, you are this, um, like, fantastical, like, you're reading each other's minds, you're, com- you're building to euphoria. It, the theme doesn't make sense. But really... It, it's one of those things where it's like you play on another level if you and your friends are getting good at this game. Yeah. Like, it's you really tune into each other, which is unlike any other game. That immersion, I mean, you're the way you're, ta- you're, you're table talking without saying anything. You have those memorable moments when you actually pull it off. The, the game matches the mechanism because the mind, you are straight up trying to use your mind to play the cards when they need to play. Now, I get why people discredit it right away. They're like, oh, well, like, it's just all random. No, it's not random. Like, people claim that they, it's like, oh, well, you could just cheat by just, like, counting in your mind. It's like, okay, everybody counts at a different pace. Have you ever seen, like, those videos of people? It's like, all right, like, click, like, I'm going to click start on my phone. You click stop as soon as you think it hits a minute. Nobody's even close on those. And that's the point. It's like, well, what if we're all looking at the clock? Well, then why don't you just say you won anyway? Like, because you're cheating. Yeah, that really takes out of the spirit of it. But there was a story that I heard on one of the podcasts. Okay. And I'm going off on a little tangent, but it, they were talking about the game. And people who play Bridge. Yeah, the, I'm sorry, the mind. And people who play Bridge, like, for for decades, right, with the same group of people, they are able to communicate information but with the play of a single card. And not because they've planned it, they're not trying to cheat or anything, it's just they've tuned into each other so much to that point where it's like, okay, if I lead with a 9, like, that means, that signals this, this, and this to all my other players, and they're going to try and take the bets for the tricks from me. Then there was a, there was a story of people who, who are bridge fans, mm-hmm. and they went and picked up the mind, and was like, okay, what's this? And they started playing it, and playing it, and playing it. To the point where they, like, within the next couple hours, they figured out their timing. They figured out their how they're playing it. And throughout the game, they solved it and played the entire mind and ended up winning. But then right after that, they put it back because they're like, we've, we've, we've done it. Like, yeah. we've succeeded in what we needed to do. Like, then it was no longer a game for them. Yeah. But that that's a super immersive thing. 
Now, I'm not saying Machikoro is devoid of strategy. In fact, I I would be hard-pressed to say that this necessarily is strategy in a way. Because I don't know if tuning into the other players is something that I would consider it's not long-term really strategy. strategy. Right, exactly. It's not tactics either. It's it's this other weird third category that doesn't exist in Well, it's kind of like choice. people who have been married long enough, you can kind of be attuned to how they're doing it. It's not... Right. It's not part of the game. It's not strategy. You just know your partner's moves. Yeah. It's, to me, that's not yeah. <laughs> too much of a meaningful choice, especially right. if you play this game over and over with people and you kind of figure out their, their quirks exactly. and stuff like that. It's uh, like when me and my wife say, it's like, well, when we finish each other's and I say sentences, she says meals and then has the last bite. You know, it's the same thing. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so you're saying the mind should move on. I do. I do think the mind should move All on. All right, let's go to this. Uh, this quick uh, aspect of it. You saying he's a play the mind. Yes. I agree with you on that. We're both in agreement on production goes to Machi Coral. Agreed. Uh, replay val- value Machi Coral. Game so immersion. two and one. Game immersion, you're saying the mind. Yes. I have to agree with you on that. I just think meaningful choice itself, is. this is what's tough for me because... In fact, yeah, you're impacting other people's strategy, but right. it's going to be completely different uh, if you're playing it with people you don't know and people right. with you do know. Well, and so that could take something out for some people, whereas if you're playing with someone, oh, this is the greatest game because you're in tune with your significant other or who the group of right. friends that you're playing with. If I'm playing this at a store, that can actually take me out of the game because I'm not in tune okay. with them, so... It can mess with people itself, so it's mo- it's not really more about strategy. It's just right. feelings. Let let me let's think of this a different way, as the mind tends to make us do. Mm-hmm. In a way, and hear me out on this, the mind is almost a dexterity game, in that you're using your reflexes, your you know your body function, like like the way you perceive time. Mm-hmm. In a way, the mind is. A replicant of that to where you are you are trying to time and judge your reflex based on the numbers you have and what you think the others statistically might and how they are acting do you agree that that would that that could almost be a dexterity game in a way like more than it is strategy is what i'm saying yeah it's it's not really strategy it's more so, like, a poker player who's good at reading people's body right. languages would really do good at this game, but is that really... Is, is, is that, that a strategy is or is that people, a skill? That's a question. Is that is that a meaningful choice if you've gotten to that level where you can just read people that are trying to bluff? That's interesting. Yeah, so to me, this is just... It's very hard, whereas okay. you can impact other people's strategy in Machi right. Koro, and you can impact your own strategy. The only right. thing that hurts Machi Koro is the arbitrary choices. There's not really arbitrary There's, choices in the mind. Right. And actually, you know, and this is something we haven't touched base on, too, is the shuriken cards um, mm. is when everyone can just unanimously agree yeah. to all play their lowest card, which could be a huge, huge benefit because that might trigger like a whole round of bidding. Yeah. That might... If there's a stalemate between people, you can use those to your advantage. So that is a very meaningful choice, too. All you have to do is, like, everyone thumbs up, okay? And then also, even if you play a card out of sequence, that doesn't mean the game is over. You lose one of your lives, yes, but those do regain after a few Mm -hmm. levels. And that could be also played on purpose because if if somebody plays a higher card... Then everyone who had lower cards reveal that, mm-hmm. and you lose one life. Well, that can be played to an advantage. 
where somebody could play just a really high card and they go, okay, we lost life, but we also lost, got rid of all of these cards. All right, so we're, both so, of us are not really moving on this. I'm just right. going to go see if there's any votes on here for either one of those games. Okay. Just to see. Yep. Yeah. All right, mine's moving on. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> just barely. Just barely. But I agree with you. I don't see us really moving because it's more of a philosophical debate. Right, exactly. We're, we're arguing, like... <laughs> That that's interesting. Like I don't know if I would consider dexterity strategy. Strategy, because it's it's more of a skill. It's like that's uh, true. Is skill the same as strategy? strategy. Eh, yes I mean, and no. You can you can gain the skill of proper strategy of a game. Like people who are very skilled at chess, yeah, know the strategy. So, but that, it, it's weird. Yeah. Darn it, the mind for <laughs> making us have these awesome. Like questions. So it's an intriguing aspect what you're saying about that. So let's, yes. uh, Silver and Gold uh, okay. actually had one vote, okay. uh, which is getting eliminated. It was our number one seed, and our number five seed, Machikoro, was eliminated. It had zero votes. So the mind moved on just barely just by barely. having a vote. So now this final round, we will not be flipping the coin of Doom or pulling at random, because we've, we're going to break it down, each one. This is now finally the game versus the mind. This is intriguing. Because the mind is seen as the predecessor to the game. Yes. In in some aspects. But the game, the mind, I think they came out around the same time, but the game was in German. Right. Uh, so it, it wasn't that it wasn't here it, or there. It just hadn't been moved, brought over here. And right. only brought over here because of the spiel. Right. And there are different, different, uh, Designers. designers too which at first you would think that they would be the same but same publisher and that makes sense which is why they're on this debate all right so whew, this is a tough one which one jumps out you the most um i think ease of play and i think technically the mind is easier because all you're doing is playing cards in one direction versus two different directions <laughs> which is honestly uh i have to disagree with you on that because one, the two directions does help. So if you have high cards, you can start over there rather than yes. the other side. And two, one thing about the mind, no communication. You still can have limited communication with your other players. Interesting. Okay. So you're saying potentially a wash already? Yeah, I, I would say so. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Okay. Replay, Replay value. value. Uh, that would be the mind also because of the different levels that you are trying to achieve. I agree with you on that wholeheartedly just because of that. Right. It's a high score system, not an if-then. All right, so... Neither of them have expansions. However, the game does have an expansion, technically, Technically, on fire. Technically, on fire. And they have both had different versions. Um, The game has had both uh, the game face-to-face and the game duo, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a a competitive two-player game. uh, The game duo is where... Or no, the game... um, the simple version quick and easy uh so we're gonna have this is gonna be very very interesting because i'm going through this uh meaningful choice is gonna be a fight game immersion is gonna be a fight art and production production should go to the game okay i agree with you on that one because of both versions that they've made yeah because i like the target one but the if you got the creepy skull one i I like that one yeah i mean it's like yeah it's super creepy but at the same time it's not that creepy like it's fine (laughs) yeah it's better than the weird bunny that's like yeah, and then the, and it's just a like floating number, too. Becoming telekinetic is yeah. weird. All right, so we have two categories. We're going to fight over three. We... <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Game right. immersion. Game immersion. I feel uh, like this is going to be the easier between the two. Or between the three. 
because I do feel the mind is game immer- is more immersive than the game. Because you feel like know. you feel like you're trying to get in the headspace of your opponent or of the other players. Yeah, and I get the game, that. yeah, you're trying to all collectively play the cards in the right order and leave enough space for everybody. But that's not you don't feel like you're doing more than that. In the mind you really are getting into into that. Now when you win either of them, that's a super memorable moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say because memorable moments alone, uh, role playing, like you really do, like like you said it earlier when you were like, sorry, when you said it was like, you yell at me like, all the time and, for punching the right. mic. <laughs> like where you like to sit back, you're like, I'm not playing for a while, right? And I just got to figure out when I am going to play. Yeah. If you had two people doing that, like then it gets really serious and you're like, oh, like, I mean, I had a 95, but like like what do you have like that's the things going through your head <laughs> honestly the only memorable moment i get from the mind is just the stress with uh yeah. when it comes to like the game i remember the talking don't play there don't play why are right. you playing there that kind of stuff but i love it like when people are like inching in a card like giving that like yeah. i don't know like am i pl- <sighs> like let's hope for the best i that's so immersive i mean it's more immersive than the game is yeah i don't i don't really feel it but it yeah. can be my personal bias because I, I love the player interaction right. from uh, the game because you can talk yeah. instead of playing just just put my cards down and sit here right. quietly and do nothing for like the right. next three, four turns. Right. Whereas the game, you have to play on your turn. Are we willing to call this one a wash then? All right, we'll call it a wash. Okay, sounds good. Because you're right. I mean, like that, like, don't play there. I can't not play there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that, so sorry. That stuff, uh, yeah. That, that's it, really fun. And just because you can communicate with the game, somebody can literally sort of check out, okay, well, I, I have like a 50 in here, and we're barely in the sixes, so I'm going to go over here, kind of grab myself a snack, and just kind of pay attention to <laughs> right. it. Where the game is like, don't do, don't, don't, you don't touched touch it. it. You touched it. You don't, I told you not to touch it, things. and you touched it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So we'll. I, because I do think, like, theme-matching mechanism, I think the mind The mind actually that. fits that, yeah. You're right. A table talk it probably is the game, because you can't talk in the mind. <laughs> the mind. But, and then the memorable moments tends to be a wash. Yeah, because they're both really memorable. Okay. All right, fair enough. Wash. All right, ease of play. <laughs> and so this is where we had an argument earlier. Yeah. Because, one, you're saying just because you're going in ascending order. Right. But what makes it more difficult with that, if you're playing with a big group, you because I think it holds up to four or five for the mind. No, four. And I think the game holds four. Yeah, I believe so. I think they're both four, two, yeah. four. And so with that, they're both pretty simple. One's going up, one's going up, one's going down. So you have like two stacks. Right. But the fact that you can actually still somewhat communicate with your partners makes, makes the easier. game easier. Okay. Because huh. the talking. Yeah, no, I know. That, that, neither that one, <laughs> neither they're, one they're really both very simple. Yeah, neither one leads to analysis paralysis. No, but the mind a little bit more just because of the simple fact to be like. Oh wait, what did I have? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're both very simple. I mean, because they're both technically doing the same thing. You're counting in number in order. Yeah, and so uh, all right, I'm willing to call this one a wash as well. Okay, so simplicity and familiar the mechanism. They're both, both simple. Both, both They're both almost yeah. the same mechanism. Yeah. Likelihood to get to the table. I don't think one would be any more than the, the other. Maybe the mind, just because of the weird idea. Yeah, 
uh, prone to analysis paralysis, but I see, I think the mind is more prone to analysis paralysis because there's a time where you're just going to put your hand down yeah. and then forget about what no, your hand. I, I, I think analysis paralysis is more the game because you actually have time to think about your choices. All right. right. Another mind, wash. You, your timer is everybody. So yeah. you don't get that ability to be a paralyzed from just debating when you're going to play. You have to try and tune that in. Yeah, That's so uh, two washes. In a way, the mind is almost the anti-analysis paralysis game. Well, we're just uh, going to go ahead and wash that because I don't think either one of us is No, no, it. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. in a way, that's almost how it is. So now, meaningful choice. <sighs> this is tough. Yeah. Because it goes back to that same thing. Okay, arbitrary choice. Um, they uh, Arbitrary choice absolutely impacts the um, game. The, the mind yeah the, oh, game. the game like you can make an arbitrary choice in it, and it's kind of like okay, and it's not whatever. really an arbitrary choice you just have to make a choice it yeah. is maybe not something you want to do but yeah. that's the only They're place you can play yeah. choices but they are fairly arbitrary yeah the mind you have no wiggle room you must well, technically you can well no you must <laughs> play your cards when you need to play your cards yeah or you could play a card and then you know take a life and be like okay now right. everybody can play their lower cards and we don't have to worry about that. But that's also card. not an arbitrary choice. That's a very meaningful choice. But is it really meaningful at that time? It is. At that point, yes. <laughs> if I'm going to dump players' hands, yes. That's a huge choice. Because then that's one less sur- one attempt to survive in future rounds. That's okay. a massive... That's It's like, what hurts some benefits the many. Like, you know, like it's that... It's like, do I want to hurt us and, and pop this round and then go into the next round with one fewer life? That's a tough choice. All right, I'll right. give it the arbitrary choices for the mind. But then it comes to the other two. Yeah. In which we couldn't come to an agreement with on the last right. time. But you do know your strategy and long-term strategy affects other players in the game. Yes, it does. Whereas the mind, technically what you do does not technically affect other players unless you're just playing on, <laughs> on sequence. But that's just that's not affecting other players. Yeah. I mean, that affects the whole game as a whole. Yeah. And you played badly, but that doesn't mean that... They, they played badly. Right. You're you're only impacting yourself, really, but also the group, but not right. in a good way, in a sense. Whereas right. the game, you're actually impacting strategy, because it's like, hey, I know you said not to go there. Right. I can fix this, though. Right. So, can I fix this? That right. kind of stuff. Exactly. So... so- then so then that goes to the game then. All right. So well, not the whole category. We still have long term strategy. So now here's the trick: the mind is going over multiple levels, right? Mm-hmm. The individual levels you don't impact long term strategy at all, except for whether you use your shurikens or lives. The mind. The mind. Whereas the game, the entire encompassing game, if I have to dump a card that's forty higher or lower, that's a huge detriment to us. For later in the game. It's not unmanageable, but it is. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like impacting long-term strategy goes to the game? Yes. Game moves on. Game wins. Game wins. It That's not saying something. I was, I agree with everything you said. No. It's just hard for like meaningful choice for the mind. Yeah. Because no, it's, it's, it's an interesting debate. Yeah, exactly. We need to go into... Uh, we need to take a course in philosophy just to just really to, break into... Because yeah. like, is strategy... Like, what is the definition of strategy at this point? Like, are we talking... Like, what about Jenga? Like, can you have strategy in Jenga? Like, I know rock, paper, scissors you can. 
because in rock paper scissors tournaments like world tournaments you are allowed to belittle opponents like shout straight in their faces like demand that they do stuff like you get in their headspace on purpose as long as both of you throw on three you know? <laughs> it doesn't matter but all the pregame oh my god you could be a monster <laughs> You should you should watch a documentary on that. It's fascinating. It really? No, is. I'm not. It's so demented. I'm not doing it. I would never do it in my life. It sounds like not this just the, the worst. Yeah, watching that documentary does sound like the worst. Hey, NPCN, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. You just uh, missed an intriguing argument. We're pretty much in line the entire time. Yeah. Let's let's pick your brain, Aaron. Do you consider, um, in Jenga there are strategic choices you could take. A safe piece or try to endanger the tower and hope it falls before your opponent. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, in the mind, it's almost a mental dexterity game. Yeah. Is that considered strategy in that yeah. same basis? Yeah, if we went to tiebreaker, the mind would win. Okay. Sorry, before your next turn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a really weird argument that I didn't know we would ever have. <laughs> yeah, this. it was. We were basically having an argument, uh, a philosopher. Uh, Philosophical. Philosophical argument about a board game. Yes. About a card game. We've just established. Okay, sorry. Card game. <laughs> yeah, we've established this. A lot of card games. All right, well, we definitely... Th this was a fun one. Yeah. This was a really fun one that was so bizarre. I can't believe that, that the game won. Yeah. Uh, Wait, which game? The game. Oh, okay. But you kept calling the game or the mind the game. I know. So I, I get was them... so confused what was going on. Like, wait, who are we I... arguing I, I get I get those mixed up from time to time. All right, so before we get going, we're gonna go ahead and talk a little bit about the Spiel des Jahres uh, yep. nominees. I have to actually go to the German website. No, that's fine. Uh, so you want to read out the games that are yeah. nominated? So for uh, do we want to talk Kinder Spiels first? Kinder, okay. Yeah, because those are ones that were mostly Kinder familiar. or Kinder. Kinder, okay. Advanced. There. Okay, so those are uh, cryptid. This mm -hmm. is a deduction game, which terrible components, but from what I've heard... Really Actually, good own games, it. I have to play it. But... I want to play that. I've yeah. heard nothing but good things. And then Dune Imperium, which uh, I saw a YouTube video. Um, the Game Boy Geek yeah. actually brought that up. And somebody in the comments actually brought up a really good point. Never in the history of Kinderspiel, Spiel des Jahres, Kinderspiel, no IPs have ever won. It'd be intriguing if they did. This Especially might be since the very I, are, first. I already own it. <laughs> I don't think it will win. Though. Honestly, my pick for Kinderspiel is probably going to be Cryptid. Probably, yeah. And then Living Forest, which just I, looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. I have I know nothing about it. I have to look up on this one. Because if it wins the Kinder, I'm going to have to buy it. Right. Just because I have most of the other ones. Most of them. You need to get like, a couple more, but not many. Uh, right. So now, Spiel. Let's talk about the Spiel. Uh, you want to do the, the Kinder real quick? Just because... I didn't really know much about Quinder, uh, other than, you know, I'm, it's kind of like the kid's Ak version. Sean Cliver is gone Sean Cliver, uh, kid version. Yep. I and don't know much about it. Quack and, Quacks and Co. is uh, Quacks and Quedlinburg, the kid's version. I want to check this one out, because of the I love Quacks, and I want to see how it works as yeah. a children's game. And I had known nothing about, what is it, Zauberberg? Zauberberg, yeah. We also don't know German, so that's probably why. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. So, the Spiel. Three of them were nominated. Again, I've only played one, one. Yeah, there's one that we've played. I've played similar games to one of them, and then the other one is, just, who knows. So, um, games. Yeah, so top ten is the first one we're going to talk about real quick. Mm -hmm, okay. Top ten, I guess the way it is, is that you are given a number from uh, one to ten. Those are mixed up, and all the players get each their number. And you're get, then given a category. Like, let's say, best hair or mm -hmm. whatever. If you have a one, you want to get the least, like, best hair. Like, so whatever you say, I don't know, like, um, uh, Siamese cat. Yeah. Right? 
or whatever. And then if you have a 10, obviously it's really obvious you want to go for the best hair, you know, but everywhere in the middle, I can imagine if you got a, like a four, we, we've discussed this almost like I wanted us to talk about how we rank board games. This is kind of that concept, but in a board game form. <laughs> and I find that really intriguing at the idea of just going, okay, well, I'm given a four and it's best hair. So I want to go bad, worse than average, but not much worse. Like, yeah. how do you quantify that? That sounds and, interesting. And as a cooperative party game, you're trying to put them in the correct manner. Ew. How do you figure that out? Like, yeah. Who? How does the judge even begin to comprehend it? But I guess it has like a unicorn theme where it's like, if you get them all right, you get unicorns. And if you don't, you get unicorn poops, which that's like the marking. Like you don't want, you don't want to be covered <laughs> okay. in poop. It's really demented. So that's that's one of the games. The next one is Scout, which is from Oink Games. It's a card game um, where it is a ladder climbing game. Okay. Um, that's where, intriguing. Yeah, ladder climbing. It, have you played Delt? No. Wait, which one's Delt? Delt was where you had uh, your hand set in stone and you have to play ladder climbing um, from your hand, but you can, you can never change the order of your hand. Uh, it was an Amigo card game from yes, about a year ago. It's the one that had really bad, like patterns yeah, on it. It was just checkerboard patterns. Yeah, it was. It drove um, my eyes insane. Yeah. yeah, no, we played so, it because you owned it. Yeah. So the way this works is similar, except you have you have cards. So like on your turn, uh, if if I play a single, like say a three, you have to play something higher than a three, or you could play any combination that's higher. So either a pair, three of a kind, two pair. Um, and then there's like, like four of a kind. Honestly, it sounds like dealt. It, it, it's very similar. Cause the you could catch play... to it though, okay. is that each card is split in half and the other side of the card is a different number. So you still can't change the order of the cards, but you, there are times <laughs> where you could flip your whole hand over and it'll be a different set of cards. So a good example that I saw was like, imagine you had a five, a four, like an eight and a, and a three right <laughs> you're like i want to play the five four and three but i gotta get this eight out of here how could you flip your hand to play those cards to to negotiate that idea yeah. and it's not like as obvious as you think like a, a one doesn't turn into a my a nine automatically there's all sorts of combinations there so your other half of the hand could be totally different which that that's based off of a older an older game called split where you had split cards and they were basically mm -hmm. poker cards but they had the split and they were different cards on opposite sides okay so i'm just looking at these things i don't read german but i'm kind of getting clued in uh it has to be four to nine people for top 10 and then the other scout is three to five because i know for yep. a fact uh the, the other game is is one to four there is a solo variant in it. right and so the final one that we're going to talk about is cascadia this one we have played. which which is the ones that we have played it's definitely a shoe-in. Yeah. Um, it's my pick. Um, way you describe Scout, I can see it winning that. I don't know if Top 10 will make it. I, I don't know if Scout will. Um, because it sounds intriguing. And you know I like card games like this. <sighs> yeah. Um, but it does. It brings nothing new to the table. The only reason I see Top 10 can doing it is just because the lately the Spiel des Jahres has been going lighter. Yeah, it's been going party games. Like mm -hmm. Micro Macro was, was last, last year. year. But uh, then before that, Just One. Oh, just One, yeah. You know. I'm surprised uh, So Clever or Did So Clover nominated? isn't nominated, honestly. I do think it should have been. Um, some of the... These uh, are, Hell was actually in a uh, nomination. Yeah, these are the recommended lists. So yeah. um, 
Seven Wonders Architects, Echoes, which is cool. Um, Magic so Rabbit. So Clover right there. So Clover. Yeah, okay. So Clover was uh, recommended. Yeah. But, I mean, out of all these, Cascadia is more so like an Azul type game. Yeah. I, I can I, believe that. I could see Cascadia doing it, one, because it's got great artwork, and then two, uh, it's it falls into the simplicity that they've been going yeah. for the Spiel des Jahres. Yeah, at least as far as, you know. Because you're basically just picking a tile and a creature. If you right. have something that allows you to switch it up, yeah. then yeah, but it's not that hard. And you got to put it in there and try right. to score based off those cards. Uh, I We're saying it probably because we have played it and know how right. simple it That's is. That's true. But like I said, I can see Top 10 making it because sure. they've been going party games lately. And it, from what you were describing, seems and a bit simple. And co-op party yeah. games. And it seems a bit simple. Scout, uh, it, it's my, it, honestly, I could see it as a dark horse because it's be. doing something that's already been done, but just with a little of a twist. Yep. Nice, nice little nuance. Yeah. I like so. the mind. My pick, though, Cascadia. Okay. Which I, I would say probably the same. Uh, going to the well. Kinderspiel, I'm just going to say Quacks and Co. I know nothing about these games. I'm just yep. making that pick. Sure. Just to put it out there on the record. Yep. And then my pick for Kinner is Cryptid. I think Dune Imperium has a chance, but I think Cryptid is going to win it. Yeah. My guess is going to be Living Forest. And that is because I know nothing about it, really. And I really want it to come to the United States. But And if it wins, it probably will. Uh, if Pegasus Spill is going to bring it no matter what. Probably. Just because of the nomination. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know any of the other games that were... Um, also recommended for the Kinder. Coral Witchstone and Ark Nova. You know oh, that Ark Nova, Nova yeah. yeah. It's just the, the, the German version of Ark Nova. Yeah, Arshinova. But I saw Fairyland and I'm like, oh, I'm surprised it didn't get into the actual I'm, Kinder. I'm not. I, I knew it <laughs> was going to be too difficult. Yeah, the scoring it's, is a bit much. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a, a super simple game, especially yeah. for Kinderspiel, but it doesn't, like... Arc Nova, yeah, it's super hyped here in the U.S. It's super big. Everyone likes it. I did like it, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that it wasn't nominated because those are streamlined. The other ones seem to be... Falling. Honestly, I I think the only reason it didn't get nominated is because of the scoring, in yes. all honesty, because that scoring is a bit difficult, and you can right. you don't really end up with negative. You just need someone to be in positive to win. Right. And so it's difficult, but actually I was fine with it. So, with that being said, let's call this a night for the podcast. That's right. This has been a great episode. Very intriguing. Glad we got to talk about uh, some Spiel de Jar. And I'm curious to see what happens. Which yeah. one wins? Uh, when do they announce it? Like Sometime mid-July or June. Yeah. It's mid-July, I think. Yeah. I believe so. It's like right before the 4th, usually. Right. Yeah. So, it'll be it'll be right there. Either way, we'll, we'll see it when it happens. Um, with that being said... We want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to join us, like uh, any of our friends on a live episode, please join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do there, there's three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And also, if you want to reach out to us directly, give us ideas for future episodes, uh, invest in any future contests that we may have, or just come in to say hi, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. 
as well as you can also contact us on our official Twitter account, at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.